0: Challenging your thoughts. Wrestling with ideas. The show that brings you the best wrestling analysis. This is legitimately one of my favorite
1: matches of the year so far. I don't really see a heart being desperate to win a match. I yeah. see more of Flair doing something like that.
0: And the best wrestling interviews. This is T.J. State Properties. This is Ted DiBiase, the Bay Dollar Man. Hey, this is Bob Backlund. Hey, everyone, this is Rick Stein This is the Honky
1: Tonk Man, the greatest WWE champion.
0: champion of all time. This is your wrestling show, Ottawa. Heck, they could use you guys over in WWE. You're listening to the greatest wrestling show in the whole wide world. This is wrestling with ideas. Welcome inside the CKDJ studios for Wrestling With Ideas here on CKDJ 107.9, Ottawa's new music. I'm the man they call Gibby, Zach McGiven. Not alongside me is the man, the myth, the legend, Maguire Fortier. Something different we're trying. Uh, beside me is actually the Mean Street Rossi, Marco Rossi. And uh, you've, you've been on the show a couple of times beforehand, and uh, it's always been entertaining. And we're doing something completely different here. We're doing a DVD review. Mm -hmm. And uh, Marco, you got yourself the newest release from WWE. Funny release. WWE unreleased. Yeah, one of the newest
1: releases. By the way, thank you so much for having me back. No problem. I guess I did such a great job the last time, you thought, you know what? Let's bring him back. <laughs> Let's bring him back. I like it. The uh, The return of the Mean Street Rossi. Rossi. I guess we can work with that. <laughs> yes, WWE unreleased. Never-before-seen
0: matches from 1986 to 1995. It's very interesting. Yes, indeed. sir. Now, this is the first time we've reviewed a pay-per-view, or really, well, shows, no. <laughs> matches from the 1980s. Onwards to the early 90s, because we reviewed ECW Barely Legal 1997, mm-hmm. which was an interesting review. Mm-hmm. Um, considering your philosophy on wrestling and my philosophy on wrestling, well, you're not too keen well. On my, my, my
1: preferences as a fan, we'll say, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, if it was my like philosophy, I'd be rich
0: right <laughs> now. <and laughs> I'd have you on my podcast if I had (laughs) on. That'd be great. But uh, this, but it's a little different for us. Uh, We're going all the way back to the 1980s. We're going to talk some of the classic matches. and there was a lot of good matches on this DVD. Uh, so the way this is going to work is uh, each disc is going to get its own review. So uh, we just finished up disc one, um, and it's basically matches going from 1986 all the way to 1990. Uh, and there was quite a few matches on this DVD. Um, I think you said there was 10 matches in total. Something, something like something that. Something like that. Uh, Good. Check, check here now, actually. Yeah, Two, we're just going to do a little count four, there. Five, six, seven, eight. Oh, even more than 10, nine. 10, yeah, 11, uh, quite a 12, bit. 13, 14, 15, 16. 17 matches. Yeah. and uh, A couple of them are tryouts, too. A couple of tryout kind of cool. matches. Um, interesting sets of uh, footage. Um, I guess we'll say right now there wasn't anything that really stood out for us. In terms of great matches, in terms of like... Oh, some things stood out, not always for the better, but we'll, we'll, <laughs> well get yeah. to that in a couple of minutes. Well, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but there wasn't anything where, like, you looked, it's like, wow, how could WWE not release this? You look? know, I, I, I will say this just right off
1: the bat. um, The the cover art is uh, tremendous.
0: Yes, very fantastic. Uh, I, I
1: wish that uh, we would have seen Hogan at least somewhere in there on the cover art. Yes, in the DVD, obviously, because yeah. how could you have a WWE? He's he's DVDs he's, he's not
0: even mentioned on the back either. Yeah, and you know what I find interesting too about the back is like you'll see some footage. Uh, oh wait, no, he, he's fe- he, sorry, he is featured on the back. I was gonna say, but uh, but it's but it's Warrior Savage then Hogan.
1: Yeah, yeah, I find that interesting. Uh, And and some of the matches that they show, I don't even know if they're actually on the DVD, if there's spots from it, or if they just decided to put. Well, it's you know some of the guys who were on there, but not necessarily. But anyway, we'll 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 sort that out in in a second. But yeah. uh, So wait a minute. So three discs. Yeah. Does that mean I got to put up
0: with you for two more weeks? Pretty much.
1: It's gonna be oh, rough for you.
0: Oh my! But uh, hey, I think I think we got through most of it in the first disc. Um, now the best part about this too is we are still technically on the uh, strike right now, as of recording. Uh, the school strike so wow. uh, and this isn't going over the radio so this is a special online exclusive for the Wrestling with Ideas listeners so this is like underground n- yeah. like pirate radio <laughs> Yeah, pirate radio yeah yeah no 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 we're, we're, like, a, we're like what's
1: the term a, a renegade territory yeah, or something we're, like that or a outlaw, territory? outlaw territory an outlaw radio
0: station we're yeah. the Southpaw championship wrestling oh boy yeah. Un- unreleased podcast footage Southpaw yeah. regional wrestling sorry. that's it yeah um, but uh, no so no commercial Breaks. This is just straight on through reviews. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about my annoying voice saying, stay tuned for wrestling with ideas. <laughs> but uh, a lot of good stuff here. There, there were some matches that really stood out for me. Absolutely. Not, not in terms of great matches, but matches that I was like, those were very nice. Those were very good matches. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll start off with the first one that they started. Uh, actually, before you even get to the first match, they were doing these skits. So uh, when, oh. you, when you uh, start up the DVD, you'll find Charlie Caruso mm-hmm. talking to you and uh, telling you how they uncovered the vault and mm-hmm. all these rare matches inside the WWE warehouse. Um, a lot of branding. <laughs> during oh <boy>. that, um, <laughs> a lot of mentions of sports entertainment uh-huh. and superstars. Mm-hmm. Um, we then go to uh, Caruso at the start introducing everybody to the warehouse, the vault. And the funny thing was, is like, look at this, look at how esteemed this is. Mm-hmm. It's all just a bunch of boxes. Mm-hmm. Like, and it said, I think it said Primus on the side. Of each of the boxes, so I don't know what it means.
1: Probably the company.
0: Maybe maybe they're uh, with the recent JFK file release. Maybe it's a bunch of JFK files that they're also storing in there.
1: In the WWE. Isn't it ironic?
0: Isn't it ironic that the WWE unreleased was released around the same time as the JFK files come out?
1: Uh, I'm going to plead the fifth on that, <laughs> actually. Yeah, I don't know. You see, you no see comment.
0: Vince and, and Trump are working together, so have worked with each other.
1: They have, um, but let's,
0: let's not fuel any more conspiracy yeah. theories. Get that tinfoil hat off you, will you? <laughs> so... Caruso's introducing everybody. We then saw Sean Mooney in the mm, back. Nostalgia trip right there. Very I loved much it, so. Loved it. He he kind of looked the same, but he also kind of looked different, if it makes any well, sense. He, get he older, age. it happens. He, he, yeah,
1: he age. He doesn't look terrible for his age. No, not at all. He has a good podcast, by the way, with Hacksaw Jim Duggan, if you haven't. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Here's, here's a funny story. I actually helped him with uh, finding one of the guests. Right on. <laughs> yeah. Well, well. He was, he was looking for Jacques Rougeau, and I... Uh, Gave him some contact info. He's like, thank you so much. Unbelievable. You yeah. got him the Mountie. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was looking for the Mountie. So uh, gave him some contact info. Hopefully hopefully they're able to get in contact. So,
1: okay. Charlie Caruso, by the way, um, tremendous, uh, beautiful woman. But uh, from what I gather, she was born in like 1987. So when you hear her on the DVD saying things like, I remember when this. No, you don't. <laughs> yeah. No, you don't. I'm sure even Sean was Mooney was probably trying to hold back his laughter. like, ah.
0: They kind of made Sean Mooney look like a little, little bit of a goof. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, as, and as 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 you go through the
1: other discs, you'll Cause, you'll cause see it is, gets worse. This is the first
0: time I've seen the DVD. Marco has seen the DVD quite a few times, as far as I'm aware. More times than I'd like to admit. I like <laughs> my old stuff. Yeah, you, know? you like your old school wrestling. Uh, your WWF, NWA. Anything that's uh, before uh, 1998. Yeah. Yeah. really enjoy. Interesting. All righty. So uh, we had this little bit of skits. um, And we go to our first match. They introduced us to the machines. Yeah. Six-man tag action. Yeah. So we got Big John Stud Mm -hmm. and King Kong Bundy and Bobby the Brain Heenan versus Hulk Machine, Big Machine, and super machine. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, we know who Hulk Machine is. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of big and super machine, I believe Big Machine you said was uh, Blackjack Mulligan. That's my guess. Now, if you want to get on the uh, on the uh, Google machine
1: and you want to uh, and you want to verify in case I am completely off base, but from what I remember in my you know, weird, dusty bit of... Uh, in the weird vault in, in my brain, I'm pretty sure Big Machine was Demolition Axe or the Mass Superstar, okay. and Blackjack Mulligan was Super Machine. Yes. There was also a Giant Machine not in this match who we know as... Is Andre the Giant. And they did mention that. Yeah. Uh, but Which
0: was weird that they mentioned that, but there was no Giant Machine. In. I
1: know, especially because there... I think there was, there was a couple matches at least, or at least one of them where Captain Lou was managing them for a while. Yeah. Which...
0: No, Captain Lou Albano. A little disappointed. I'm yeah. not gonna lie, but that's that's a story for another time. Although yeah. Lou Albano's more like. 81, 82, 83, I would think. Well, he Burge was bulldogs. Oh, first bulldogs. That's he was true. There. Yeah, he that's managed true. him to a tag team t- a championship. That's, so, true, that's uh, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, this match—it's uh, very much, a bit, uh, pretty much a storytelling match. A storytelling match is a nice way to put it. Yeah. And, but you know what? There was good storytelling because, yeah, you it look at all the good.
1: combatants involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bobby Heenan, obviously, not much of a wrestler at this period of time. He was more of a manager, so it was basically the Although, Heenan family. But he
0: entertained me throughout this match. Of course he, he was, did. He the was bumps he took. He was very, very good in this match. He's he He played his weasel character because he was the smallest guy, obviously. Yeah. You got Demolition Axe, who's probably like 280. Blackjack Mulligan, who's massive like man. a massive dude. Hulk Hogan, obviously big guy. King Kong <laughs> Bundy and Big John Stud. Big is in his name. And you got 228 pounds, I think, that was his announced weight.
1: Maybe soaking wet, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's like Bobby Heenan wrestling in the match um, but I really enjoyed Heenan in this match like he, he yeah. played his character to a team well the thing because he was acting kind of like the manager letting
1: like Stud and, and Bunny doing most of the dirty work but then like when, when the opponents were were, were, were down he'd kind of come in try and you know <laughs> get some of the glory yeah. but then when it turned around he'd be the weasel yeah. right and then he one would, of, well, some of the bumps he took were just hilarious
0: one of the standout spots in this match was I believe it was Big John Stud was going in for a power slam or a scoop slam and Bobby Heenan comes in and helps and tries to help with the slam, but then he realizes he sees, I think it was Hulk Hogan coming in to go after him, and he runs right back into the corner. That was a great little spot there. Um, I really enjoyed this match. Um, it was a fun way to start the DVD. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I really enjoyed Bobby the Brain Heenan because everybody remembers him for his managerial role, um, but his wrestling here is like in terms of like taking bumps. Well, he used to be a wrestler, so he yeah. knew he knew kind of what he was well, doing. He, he was right? he was great. Um, mm. I believe uh, mm. I I remember hearing somewhere that he used to emulate his style after. Uh, what was, what was his name? I want to say Playboy Buddy Rose, but I don't think so.
1: I'm not. I I damn. I wish I
0: knew that. Uh, I th- I think it was mentioned that he. I, it was a big star in the Californias, uh, uh, specifically San Francisco, um, back in the day. I
1: don't. Maybe not we Playboy will, Buddy Rose. We, sh- we should uh, we should check that on on uh,
0: on the old interwebs and well, uh, get back the to you here's on the thing. Here's the thing. I don't. For some reason, I'm on this JFK thing. But, right. but I don't know if you've actually heard recently the recent document release... Uh of the JFK files, apparently wrestling was involved in it one time. Oh, because why? Because was the assassin at a match? Or apparently, something? there was a well, no. Well, apparently, there was somebody that was claiming that they helped kill JFK. Right. And and he was spotted at a wrestling yeah. match. And so uh, they questioned the promoter, and apparently uh, this guy was wrestling Carl uh, Gotch, I believe, mm-hmm. in in a match. He's he's a big star. Um, he. He tag team with Pat Patterson, I think. Ray Stevens. Yes, he used to he used to channel Ray Stevens a lot. That's who it was. Not Playboy, buddy. Oh but. yeah, yeah, cause, yeah. Because yeah. you kind of see a little bit of uh, yeah. of uh, Ray Stevens and the way Bobby the brain, especially the way he sells, because he's very like Ray Stevens used to hit the top. Uh, rope and go over, kind of like how Ric Flair used to do it later on. Um, That's what it kind of reminded me of.
1: What's funny about Ray Stevens is that even when he teamed up with a guy like Nick Bockwinkle, right? And uh, I think Jim Cornette and Chris Jericho were talking about this on Jericho's podcast the other night, was that... um, like a lot of people, I know you and I were talking about this off air with Randy Orton, right? How, yeah. without even trying, he he looks like a like he could be a good worker, right? Mm-hmm. Well, apparently Ray Stevens was a bit like that too, where he could just make it, he could just effortlessly go in, go through the go through the motions, and still make it seem like he's. He doesn't really need to try as hard as, say, Bachwinkle did. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of funny how that works. But, yeah, Bobby Heenan was just unbelievable. Like, he was custom-made for that business. Mm -hmm. I only wish that the Bobby Heenan show lasted longer than it did because, like, late-night talk show... Bobby Heenan would have been fantastic. Like, I think he should have succeeded Johnny Carson. Wow. That would have been amazing. Better than Leno.
0: Oh, he's definitely better than Leno. Oh, 100%. A a lot of people are better than Leno. (laughs) (laughs) Just in general.
1: Yeah. And actually, it's funny. There is also a wrestling connection with that JFK thing. Now, I haven't read his book yet, but Jesse the Body Ventura, Mm -hmm. known for his opinions. Obviously, he was a governor of uh, Minnesota, mayor of uh, Brooklyn Park. He's obviously no stranger to the political scene, but he wrote a book, one of his many, uh, and he actually has, and you can look this on U- up on YouTube, he does have a theory as to who killed JFK, so it's kind of funny also how there's a wrestling connection there. I know, so, right? Yeah. Who
0: knew that you were going to be listening to a WWE unrelease and we would be talking about the JFK? Yeah,
1: geez. Right? Unbelievable.
0: Uh, but This uh, is uh, yes. going to be a Bigfoot Re- sighting. <laughs> yeah. and... Well, uh, you know what the funny thing about Hulk, too, is uh, Hulk Hogan, or Hulk Machine in this movie. <laughs> the, the funny thing about Hulk is, like, He often gets criticized for his in-ring work. Mm And sometimes, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Definitely in the late '90s, mm-hmm. uh, with his match against Ultimate Warrior at Halloween Havoc, 1998. Boy, was that a match! Um, mm-hmm. And who knows if, if there's if it's popular enough and they like this retro format, maybe we'll review it one day. Yeah, no kidding. That'd man. be something. Because because uh, by the way, the ECW Barely Legal review, a lot of great reviews on it. A oh, lot, good. A lot, lot of good reviews on it.
1: Wow, um, I'm surprised that because I didn't see any like anybody with pitchforks outside my house. That's so good. I thought that was good. That's good. <laughs>
0: um, but in terms of Hulk Hogan. Can that guy get a crowd going? Mm-hmm. That that's one of his strongest. That was one of his strongest. He knew that he probably still do it today. Oh, definitely! Unbelievable. He was he like everybody was wearing masks, mm-hmm. and at the end of the at the end of the match, mm-hmm. Hulk Hogan was posing. Yes, and he lifted up the mask yep. and showed his face briefly, then Little put tease, the mask yeah. back on. That was beautiful. It was great. Yeah. Uh, if only he did that with Mister America. I thought he did actually.
1: Remember, there was an angle with that where they were trying to like expose him. To see your whole co- like we didn't know
0: already. Yeah, yeah. But
1: yeah, that don't even get me started on that. That's that's a whole topic for another time. That is, oh.
0: Well, we got, more, we got more DVD to get through here. So. I almost
1: liked clean-shaven Hulk Hogan better than Mr. Really? America. Really? Yeah. So, like, mid-'90s Hogan when he was facing off against the uh, Dungeon of the Doom. The giant, yeah, yeah, with the Loch Ness, The monster trucker the, the Yeti, uh, and the, oh, that was a stinker. But oh, I'm just saying, Yeti. yeah, if I, if I was, like, gun to my head kind of thing. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean,
0: That's, oh, woo-wee, my. good thing you the turned heel. The Dungeon of Doom. Ugh. Oh. You know Kevin Sullivan's a great booker, but that wasn't one of his better ones. No, no, <laughs> no. that was uh, that was brutal. Yeah, um, we go on to our mm. next matchup. This is uh, still a kind of new Macho Man Randy Savage, I believe. Uh, yeah. Randy Savage debuted in '85, I believe, if not '86. Against who? Uh oh, uh, who did he debut against? I want to say. Uh, It's kind of an out there name. Oh, really? Yeah. Please don't tell me it's Barry Horowitz. No, actually. (laughs) Uh, Iron Mike Sharp? Nope. Uh. Steve Gatorwolf. Oh, Steve Gatorwolf. I would have never got that. No. I think that's we well, fun idea.
1: track for the day. Fun <laughs> <Yeah, I know. laughs> for the day. That was a good angle too cuz like all the managers of the time Yeah, were that was clamoring gr- for his services cuz yeah, he was the hottest free agent. Where, was, where
0: and, is that today? Like just like I somebody, know, we like, need like more you, managers today. Yeah, well, yeah that's true, oh my but like goodness. you want to talk about putting somebody over like you have some of the top managers going, "Oh, this guy's the guy I want to sign," right? Especially with the indie scene and a lot oh of the indie my guys God. getting signed.
1: Even if they don't get signed like a contract, work that in as a shoot. Yeah. All right. Oh, my God. We Wrestling with ideas. We could have a whole session <laughs> on how we think to
0: make wrestling great again. Yeah. Oh, God, go, no. Oh, my goodness. No, 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 no. Let's not alienate <laughs> listeners now. We already alienated them with the JFK stuff. Let's not get some. <laughs> um, well, for all two of you who are still listening and your cat, hello. Ouch. Um, <laughs> Boy.
1: <laughs> Well, we had six, but you know, the oh, five well, he said, so well,
0: here's okay. Oh. I gotta say this now. <laughs> freaking freaking McGuire said this as well, too. It was like six listeners. It's like we don't get six listeners. We How get, many do you normally get? We usually get on on a weekly basis. We uh-huh. used to get like we used to like prime peak when we were hot like like wcw Go, golden era where it's yeah. like with ideas <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we're still doing some great stuff yeah we we could still get like a fair number of listeners for a for a radio show a college radio show we'll get like anywhere between like a hundred or like or, that's like, fantastic a hundred like at like, our peak we used to get 600 650 so we can we can like fill like a high school gym indie show worth like that, that if that's, they were in different parts of the city. Well, you, <laughs> you know. know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh all right, let's get to the next match. I just wanted to say it cuz yeah. it's like cuz it's like, you know, it's my show.
1: I'm sure like 50 people got that reference by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. Well, you
0: know. Yeah, you know. Um so October 28th, 1986. Yep. Uh this was actually in Binhamton New York, at okay. the Civic Center. Okay. It is Macho Man Randy Savage mm-hmm. versus one of the unsung heroes of the WWWF, mm-hmm. Pedro Morales. Former Intercontinental Champion. The very first Triple Crown Champion. That's right. Uh, a long-reigning WWWF Champion. Also a WWF Tag Team Champion with Bob Backlund, I believe. Was it with Backlund? I believe it's with Well, Backlund. well, okay. I'm going to search that up now because I'm pretty sure it was with Backlund. But I could be wrong. let Yeah, see.
1: Pedro uh, Pedro, uh, absolutely uh, underrated uh, as far as I'm concerned. Yep,
0: it, it was with Bob Backlund.
1: Uh, because you just, you don't hear his name as much unless like the Intercontinental title gets brought up as far. Because he had... Uh, I think the second longest reign behind Morocco, because I think the Miz is creeping up there.
0: Miz is well. Miz has like ten title reigns to his name. Yeah. Like it's like that's true. Miz yeah. is doing Miz is doing good stuff. This is like, back when titles actually meant something. Yeah. Well, how many how many times did uh, did he win the? Okay, twice. Right. Yeah. So he. It's, it's no contest, really, um,
1: Pedro. But but yeah, Pedro kind of got the uh, the jobber entrance in this because like, at it this was time shocking. he wasn't.
0: Yeah, I mean he wasn't. I mean he was kind of like a
1: jobber to the stars, I think, at this point, wasn't he? He was really good though, regardless. Like he was oh, still he, a he pop. Looks, he
0: looks so good in this. It yeah, was great. You want to talk about a great punch? Like you always mm-hmm. hear about some of the old time guys mm-hmm. being like, none of the wrestlers can, today can throw a great punch, and, you, and some people don't really understand it. But when you watch Don Morocco or, or or Pedro Morales, like Morocco is known to throw some great punches, Uh, Rock and Roll Express, uh, threw some great punches, and were also just great workers in general. Um, but Pedro Morales threw some great working punches.
1: I thought Morocco was actually really underrated on the stick. Really? I know you don't hear that a lot, but like, if he, I thought he was really good. I, I really liked Don Morocco a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Morales was uh, fabulous in this match, despite yeah. the uh, result, which we figured was going to happen. But you know what? The way that it ended, do you want to get into that, or do you want to still... Because
0: I was going to say, like, the way that it ended, you could tell it's like Savage classic. was such a damn heel. It was yeah, great. It was great. I... I I, I loved it. So, Morales really was controlling the match. The man, good right. A it. good portion of it. A good portion of it. There was some Savage moments where was Savage, cheating. Yeah, <laughs> Savage the Flowers. Was cheating. Yes, yes. <laughs> that was great. It's, it's, one of the things about this DVD, too, is there's no commentary. It's just straight dark matches. We right? should mention that because I, I've seen reviews of this,
1: right, online, yeah. and a lot of people say that that really turned them off mm-hmm. from the DVD. But, I mean, like, if you're a fan, you're a fan. Yeah. You
0: know what I mean? Like, It's like, it would have been great to hear Monsoon and Ventura or Monsoon and Heenan. Um, Or even, like, Sean Mooney and someone
1: else. But still, it's fine.
0: Or or even do something unique where you have, like, in terms of some of the matches, maybe you bring in some of the guys to do some audio commentaries on the match. That'd be something cool. Just talk about what they were going through. But, again, they still probably want to maintain some kayfabe. Um, So. Well. um, (laughs) I mean, I know it's. I know it's. I know it's pretty yeah. much dead at this point. Uh, but, yeah. So, but uh, some sort of commentary, um, because I used to, I, I, in preparation for this, WWE on their YouTube channel, sometimes they'll have uh, full matches released, and one of the matches r- released was, uh, it was, I believe it was Bruno winning uh, the belt off of uh, Ivan Koloff, hmm. or, I, or sorry, no, the other way around. Uh, Ivan Koloff taking the belt off of Bruno, and it was yeah, like I think that's year. how it went down. It, it was yep. it, it was the ten year uh, gap, mm-hmm. and uh, and then afterwards, it was actually Pedro uh, that won the title, uh, and he, in, back in the early seventies, I watched a match of his, and you just kind of see like crowd reaction back then.
1: Oh, it's just unprecedented. It's
0: like people My always talk so about odd, like dude. the Attitude Era and like the signs and that sort of stuff, and I'm like. It was, and and, I, no. I, and for the longest time, it's like I believe that. It's like mm-hmm. man, it was like the most passionate you to be, there. but like Anywhere, you just it, you just kind of like you have to go back and see some of these matches back in like like the AWA in the seventies. Oh or, my or, God! Any or, of the territories? Any really. of the territories? WWWF. But this match that Pedro Morales wrestled um, was it Koloff? May have been. Uh, Superstar Billy Graham.
1: I, I don't know. remember at this point. It's
0: it's it's one or the other. I think it may have been Koloff because it was a transitional period to go to a different champion. I believe yep. just to get the belt off of Bruno for mm-hmm. a bit. Um, but uh, the crowd reaction in that was just intense and incredible um, during that match. And it's just kind of it just kind of blows your mind. Just like the simple things in the matches, mm-hmm. like. Getting getting the crowd into it with just simple things, right? Well,
1: this is the problem, right? Is that over the years with the Attitude Era and things like ECW, and that's why I'm very critical of it, is they basically, it's like hot-shotting the territory is the term, right? Because back in the territory days, if uh, you know a promoter would be so like fireworks and glitz and glamour without slowing it down a little bit... There's only you, you, it's it's like using everything up that you have, and then what are you going to do? How are you going to come back with that? How are you going to rebound? What's when you've used everything up, right? Yeah. Well, that's what they've done, especially when everything went national. And I, you know, obviously, like I love my old WW when it was called the WWF.
0: Yeah,
1: don't sue me. Um, <laughs> and uh, there was still a lot of those guys from the territories and stuff, and they had that mentality, and there was still some respect for having a nice balance between entertainment and wrestling. Mm-hmm. And they've lost that, yeah. especially with Attitude Era and stuff, because, you know, it, it got to too much, too much of the shock humor and the, and the this little crash TV kind of thing, you want to call it. And yeah. it got too raunchy and too this, do that. And it's hard to bounce back from that, right? Matches on TV, a lot of them were mostly like main event matches. Mm-hmm. And it's hard when you go from we're gonna have like maybe like one or two and we're gonna like we're gonna have the rest like squash matches and we're gonna save it like for the really big events yeah. to like everything on the show is like a big match. It's kind of tough to bounce back from that, right? Yeah. So, but um, yeah, the uh, the reactions back then really reflected that, though. They mm-hmm. were they were even like a simple match like today. The fans are different, right? Yeah. Y- you look at some of the slow buildups and, and 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 even just on disc one. Yeah. Some of the matches, right? You look at it and you're like. Okay, and if you like appreciate the slow buildup, there's a couple iron bars, side headlocks, whatever, but there's no 450 splashes, there's <laughs>
0: yeah. no... Flipping, triple, Well, whatever. I made the joke with you during the Hulk Hogan match. Yeah. It's like, it's such a such a different match. Is like, you're just waiting for Hulk Hogan to pull off the 450 yeah. splash it in the middle, right? That would have been sight to see. That would have been but yeah. a springboard 450 splash from well, yeah, Hulk Hogan. yeah, exactly. Like, y- you, should,
1: you should be like, that's the thing. That's why I like when there's like some diversity on your roster, right? Like, I don't mind if you have like a John Studd, you know, is a little bit slower and he's doing a couple strikes here and there or whatever and yeah. a couple kicks or... Choking you in in, in in the corner, right? I don't expect him to do a four fifty. Yeah. But well, the problem is, fans might look at that today and yell,
0: "Boring!" Well, yeah. it's too uh, bad. Yeah. Um, but this match was good. I really like this uh, uh, Morales loss, and with a heel move uh, that Savage used yes, that we heel very move. We, we very rarely see in wrestling today, and that's using the ropes as leverage for your pin. Like, I think that we do, but maybe not as much, eh? I don't know. I don't see that I don't often. No. I really don't. Or like, um, or like I, in I see minute. a lot of roll-ups, but uh, not a lot of using usage of the ropes. Um, I wish we could see that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was uh, perfect there. Um, Pedro looked like a great baby face in this. Um, and obviously, with this being in uh, New York, in the New York uh, State, a lot of people were familiar with Pedro. Um, and really, Pedro, guy that doesn't really get enough credit in the uh, no. in terms of the echelon of uh, memorable mm. wrestlers, because uh, obviously, like one of the longest reigning Intercontinental Champions of all time, uh, a long reigning WWF mm-hmm. WWF champion. Um, the first triple crown winner, mm-hmm. and also too kind of you know, breaking breaking ground as well, being a, a Puerto Rican wrestler as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's interesting that he doesn't get mentioned a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, we always hear about well, n- well now we always hear about Bruno, but at the time we didn't. But now we hear about Bruno. Uh, yep. We'll hear about Bob Backlund every mm-hmm. once in a while. Super superstar will they'll mention briefly? Yeah um they'll talk about hogan of course obviously not now with the whole savage scandal. That's savage they'll more more likely talk about savage and warrior than they will talk about hogan right now even though warrior Piece of crap. <laughs> well, he, for what he said in the past,
1: he wasn't perfect. But say yeah. what you will about him, per, like his his personal views and stuff. He yeah. still drew.
0: Yeah, he still he, he he was yeah. a draw in the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you move on to guys like Bret Hart, mm-hmm. uh, Shawn Michaels kind of drew. He was a great main eventer. Um, and then you move over to Austin, uh, Rock. and Rock, and then I guess you could say Brock and Angle later John on. John Cena, John Cena, and now they're trying with Roman, but. That's, Don't get uh, me started. Yeah, you're not I a fan of Roman, but we'll, uh, but that's not what it's years, about. I'm
1: gonna eat my words, but yeah, uh, not right now, no. But what are, Oh yeah, geez, we're only on the
0: second match. I know. Ah. There's a lot to get through. There's yeah. 17 matches in this. How are we gonna get through this? <clears throat> this only disc one. <laughs> this is only disc one. We're we just finished up the second match. So yeah, Savage um,
1: using the ropes, he wins it. That's good uh, that for great. a heel because he was, yeah, like I said, he started as a
0: heel and that was good. Yeah. All right. All right. Next matchup, Paul Orndorff and the King. Harley Race yes. versus Hulk Hogan and Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yeah. That's an interesting dynamic right there because they were still kind of feuding with each other uh, a bit in the 86, I would think. Uh, 85. Because ma- Mania was 85. I think Orndorff – was Piper feuding with Orndorff at this point? Mm, probably, Because I, yeah. I know they had their feud. Mm-hmm. Um so, but it was interesting because they still tease tension between Piper and Hogan. That goes back to great storytelling. Yep. Because you look at that, and
1: I don't know if there were, like, promos leading up and, 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 and emphasizing that. There should yeah. have been if there weren't. About are these two actually really going to coexist? Yeah. Because there was that tension there. Have they put their differences, you know, aside? And I remember, like, I think it was 91 or 92 where they actually teamed up later on against guys like Flair and Taker, Flair and Sid Sid Justice. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah, but by then, of course, Piper was, like, getting over as a baby face. Because, like, I think after, was it 80 s eighty? Yeah, because by this, because I think up until like the rest of his like WWE career, he was, a, he, he never went back to being a heel. He was always a babyface. So.
0: Yeah. Good um, dynamic, though. I mean, for, yeah. for, for storytelling, it was a it good dynamic. It was very good because, uh, Initially, I believe at the start of the match, uh, the Heels tried to attack Piper and Hogan, mm-hmm. and then they fought him off, but then Piper and Hogan stared at each other and just kind of looked with this look of, are you going to trust me? Do you trust me? Yeah. yeah that sort of deal. And it's, it's so simple, and yet it tells so much in the story, right? Um, I'm not damaging your DVD, am I? I'm just kind of twitching around with it. It's fine. It. It's fine. <laughs> Everything's okay. A little passive aggressive. <laughs> there. I'm just gonna put it down. <laughs> so, um, but th- but this was very good. Um, I enjoyed this one as well. Um, love seeing Harley Race. Um, Harley Race is uh, one of my favorite wrestlers to watch. Oh, he could have a match with the broomstick. That guy, yeah, he was good. Harley Race, uh, one of the great NWA champions. Yes. Um, no doubt. And definitely a guy that uh, you 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 look at and you know he's gonna mean trouble in the ring in a good way. I like them all, to
1: be honest. I yep. mean,
0: Bobby Heenan, of course,
1: on the outside doing yeah. his thing. And I love that bump he took later on. That mm-hmm. was great. Uh But I thought Mr. Wonderful should have been like, he should have gotten a belt. I thought he was really Some sort underrated. of belt, yeah. Even if it was just the IC strap. Although a world title, like he should have been like in the conversation.
0: Yeah, the I way, mean, the he, way was, he was pushed in from 84 to 87. When he stabbed Hogan in the back, that was yeah. gold. Great, Gold, Jerry, <laughs> his, Gold is is right, some so, great stuff. Yeah. Um. Oh, another uh, one of the moments in the match that I really enjoyed as well uh, was I believe it was Hogan going for a pin. Piper had just finished helping uh, take down I believe it was Orndorf. Um, and Hogan was going in for the pin on Harley Race, I mm-hmm. believe. And But Piper was talking with the referee, and mm-hmm. it was screwing up with a pinfall for Hogan. So it kept teasing that dissension that they had yep. uh, with each other, uh, and I thought that was some brilliant stuff good. right very there. Yeah, I like I, that, that was a great that. little spot yep. there, um, and, and, and it really told a great story. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was another one of my favorite parts of the match. Um, and I uh, love seeing Harley Race out there. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. The Mr. Wonderful They call him Mr. Wonderful. Love Paul Arndorf. Yeah, he was good. Um I agree with you he should have had some sort of title belt whether yeah. it be Intercontinental or even World Championship belt from 84 to 87. And the same mm-hmm. with Piper too. Um, I know Piper won the Intercontinental belt but he should have been a world champion. At least oh for, my, for like whether oh whether it be just even if it's for like 10 days, he should have been a world champion. Yes. Um so it, it was but he's still obviously remembered for just being a great promo and I, great I still heel.
1: think he was a better heel than he was a babyface. And if yeah. anyone would like to argue with me on that, I oh, more than welcome a, here. Oh
0: oh a hundred percent I agree he's a much better heel than babyface. Yeah. So I, I I agree with that. Um, so we move on, and uh, I believe this was a tryout match, but it's for an interesting character. If it's mm. not a tryout match, it's definitely one of his early matches. Mm-hmm. The Dingo Warrior <laughs> versus Jose Estrada. Mm-hmm. The Dingo Warrior, for those unfamiliar, is the ultimate warrior, or warrior as he uh later became, yeah. in his life. Um, this was uh, it was a very interesting look at uh the at- early ultimate warrior yeah yeah it was interesting
1: um he had, it was actually a wrestling match it wasn't just clothesline tackle m- splash gorilla press there were some iron bars yeah there was some arm bars. <laughs> they weren't the most well done arm bars, but they were arm bars nonetheless. They were uh, for a guy like Warrior, who I guess kind of had two left feet in the ring. Yeah, yeah, it was okay. And
0: Jose Estrada was a very underrated worker, good yeah. enhancement talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know they they always had some good enhancement talents. Uh, Jose Estrada, Barry Horowitz, Iron Mike Sharp, <laughs> Johnny Baller, Rods. Johnny Rods, <laughs> telling you that guy was underrated. Yeah, well he 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 did he did he have trained. a gym. Yeah, he trained people. Yeah, he trained them. Of people, didn't he? Mm-hmm. So, um, this match was interesting only just because you kind of saw the beginnings of the Ultimate Warrior here, um, yep. and uh, again, pull it, whipping out some arm bars, <laughs> doing some Ricky Steamboat arm drags. That in- the the finish to this match was garbage because
1: what happened was it looked like they were going for like a double clothesline, but. Warrior kind of caught Estrada more a little like, but not really, and yeah. then they went for the pin
0: one two three, and I'm okay. It was it was a flat finish, very much a flat finish. Yeah. Um, but you could see the character building of the Ultimate War a little bit, um, and and what he would become in the future, right? Yeah. So it was an it was an interesting match to watch in that sense, right? Um, but uh, mm-hmm. and pretty much it was just like a showcase match. It was long showcase match too.
1: Yeah, I was a little surprised at how long it went. I thought it would have been like 5 minutes and then you're done. It was I'm pretty like, sure it went longer than It that. was like
0: more than 10, I think. Really? I, maybe I, like eight? It may have felt like more than ten. Yeah, it
1: probably felt like double the time that it was. But, but I could, it, I don't it was know. definitely
0: more than five minutes. Yeah. Um, but yeah. uh, it, was, it was funny because we were talking about this too. Um, I mentioned I watched uh, Hulk Hogan versus mm. uh, The Great Muda at one. the Tokyo Dome in 1992, mm-hmm. I want to say. Um, and uh, I think 92, maybe 93, mm-hmm. around that time period. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Hogan can work. Yes. When he wants to, he can Absolutely. Work. It was funny because like I was watching the match and Hogan was whipping out some actually really nice-looking Fujiwara arm bars. And, uh, Perfectly done, but he and, was doing well. And I he thought. could wrestle and he was jumping from the apron and that sort of stuff. It was mm-hmm. like... Totally different style, and and we mentioned this too with Hogan. Uh, he one time said in a promo that he thinks the IWGP Heavyweight Championship belt was the most prestigious belt in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, that was just to kind of build himself up for the fans. Yeah, and he looked as, at the WWF title as a trinket, I think Called he the said. Yeah. yeah, and so, <laughs> so obviously it was just to build himself up, but he knew how to get himself over. Hogan was great at that. Yeah, Hogan know. was a character. Like a lot of people crap on Hogan. Yeah, I and, just, and yeah. sometimes really. Rightfully so. Wow. um, With with some with creative control and that sort of stuff. Oh
1: yeah. Okay. If
0: they yeah. But in terms of actually being able to uh, make something of himself. (laughs) Well, that's the
1: thing. He was still, you know, now I don't know. I don't remember if he was actually like someone who like loved it when he was a kid. I don't remember that part of the story. But I know that he still was dedicated enough to the business because if you remember the story. He went to go train with Hiro Matsuda. Matsuda purposely broke his leg. Yeah. And he came back. Because I think that was like a test, right? Yeah. To see if he came Which is that. crazy, by the way. Which is insane, <laughs> absolutely. People say Bill DeMott was abusive. They would have hated Matsuda. <laughs> yeah, Hiro Matsuda. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. Uh, rumor has it he was actually Eddie Graham's kind of hitman when it came to trying to weed people out of the territory. Oh, really? That's what I read somewhere. But um, Hogan obviously came back. Oh, yeah, because Hiro Matsuda to... was
0: really close to the Florida territory, Yes, right? he was.
1: Yeah. So right. that tells you he was at least dedicated enough to want to try. Yeah. And look at, you know, I mean Oli Anderson hated him. But uh, later the, on, well, Oli Anderson hates everything. Yeah, I, yeah maybe himself. I'm not sure. Uh, Except the Midnight Express. I think he won't be having Oli on uh, anytime soon for an interview. You
0: never know. This, but yeah, I mean, you never know. It's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, maybe no. maybe Oli's listening to this and thinking our podcast is the absolute drizzling. You know what? But. That would be great. Actually, Oli, uh, hello. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> so, but anyways, I didn't mean any of that. <laughs>
1: um, no, but no, Hogan. Hogan was still dedicated to his... Craft even if yeah. you know
0: he didn't have maybe he was purposely limited in his moves, mm. and that's and, and and the reason why I bring up Hogan is is what I'm trying to say. The reason why I bring up Hogan is like even that's why I like Hogan better than Warrior because mm-hmm. I think feel like he was able to better adapt. I think mm-hmm. Warrior was just a one. Track character. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at the way he was portrayed in WCW and when he joined there, and yeah, you know, that was something. No, no, Hogan was far more
1: dynamic. Yeah. I, I don't, in my opinion, though, he's not number one promo, he's top five. Warrior,
0: I, no, uh, Hogan. Hogan, it for me personally, yeah, but oh, I like well, a, I, I could think of many people that are better promos than Hogan Rick
1: Flair, Roddy Flair, Piper,
0: Piper, Piper, Dusty Rhodes, Rhodes Lawler. Yeah, I, I would throw Lawler in the conversation.
1: Memphis, Memphis
0: Lawler was mm-hmm. um, Hogan was in Memphis for a while. Bachwinkle, yeah. Oh my
1: God, Bachwinkle, Bobby Heenan, Bobby Heenan, <laughs> yeah. Jim Cornette, Jim
0: Cornette. <laughs> if we're throwing like
1: managers, but yeah, yeah
0: no. Um, Memphis, Jimmy Hart.
1: Oh my gosh! Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, but no, anyway, yeah. Just, just on Hogan, he was, oh, he was good. I, he was a draw. He Randy Savage, I think, is better. Randy too. Savage, yes, <laughs> yes. But yeah, he's
0: definitely better than Warrior. <laughs> oh, all those God. guys and Hogan better than Warrior. Yeah, but again, Warrior still. There, had, but there was an appeal to Warrior, right? Yeah. Like there was, is like he had yeah. this energy about him yeah. that that really made people connect with him. No doubt, right? Yeah. The spirit of the Ultimate <laughs> Warrior, you know. Um, boy, nice yeah, definitely. Uh, so Sometimes he was a little bit too believable in his character. Yeah, but he faved all day, every that's, day. That's a story for another time. All right, we're uh, going into 1988. Oh, boy. Um, we actually had a brief pit stop in 1987 with the Dingo Warrior match. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we go right into 1988, and we had another skit with uh, Caruso and Mooney, mm-hmm. and they were hyping up the Mega Powers. <laughs> And uh, I believe this is the one you were mentioning where it's like, where Caruso mentions, like, I remember watching the Mega Powers on TV. She must have been a really brilliant one year old.
1: <laughs> oh my God. Uh, because, yeah, because I'm pretty sure she was born in like 87. Uh, I only know that because I got a lot of spare time on my hands. But,
0: uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this match was 88? I thought this match actually happened in 87, but I guess But he, that would have been even worse if it did. Yeah. Because then you really didn't see it. You know, it's one yeah. thing. It's like I've gone back and watched it, whatever. But anyway, yeah, that was funny too. It was kind of like lame when Mooney was trying to do the handshake and
0: she's yeah, eh, no, thanks. No, n- yeah, no, it was very awkward, especially because mm. Mooney didn't do like, you know how Randy, uh, Randy Savage and Hogan like, kind of shook the hand, and, but bit they bit but the they would hold on to yeah. their hand at the same yeah. time because it was yeah. such yeah. a mighty yeah. power, a mega power handshake. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> It was like, he didn't do that. He just did the handshake, but did it on an angle.
1: It was just weird. Uh, I don't know. Do you think like it actually would have taken away from the DVD if Charlie Caruso did the Mega Powers handshake? I actually think it would have improved the skit just a bit more. I think it would have been kind of fun. Well, it the would skits been... themselves <laughs> were just weird. Well, I'm, I'm telling you, as the DVDs go on, it's like, it's uh, to quote Ole Anderson, you know what? <laughs> uh, it's bad. Yeah. Uh, but, again? Whatever they want to be slightly entertaining, and yeah. They want to put like a modern face. And a they they have and to
0: transition from match to match somehow, right? And
1: yeah, it, I guess that's their way of doing it. They but. just could have done it better, but obviously that's us saying that 2020 hindsight. Yeah, but, You exactly. know, whatever. I, again, I I think that for what it was. For what for what it is yeah it's it's not the worst DVD again it's nostalgia so yeah exactly um, yeah but this match the handicap match
0: yeah so the mega powers versus the heart Foundation and the honky talk man yeah interesting dynamic here this is coming <laughs> from Huntsville Alabama um, and uh, was Heenan on the outside for this one? As Jimmy well? Hart and I think Jimmy one of Hart. The, uh, that's right, Rockettes or some lady. I think she Maybe. was one of the Rockets. Maybe. Um, this was uh, this was also an interesting match. Um, or Honkets. I think they were called with well, the Honkets because Honky Tonk had. Yeah. It, yeah. He's Grootie. got the long sideburns and the hair slicked back. You know.
1: Yeah, I didn't really. I mean, the match had good storytelling because obviously of all, with all the workers involved. <laughs> I don't know, nothing.
0: It was, it was a great work. house show little match, you know what I mean? Um, here, uh, by the way, if you want to listen to Wrestling With Ideas interview with the Honky Tonk man, you can check back into the archives, <laughs> wrestlingwithideas.podbean.com. Um, we actually talked to Honky about uh, what happened with, with the Ultimate Warrior for the Intercontinental Championship belt, and I actually asked him straight up, why did you not want to drop the belt uh, at that time? And uh, so if you want to listen to his answer on that, uh, head into the archives for it. Never one to mince where it's the honky-tonk Yeah, that was <laughs> that was one of our more entertaining, entertaining interviews. But he did say, and, and this is a quote, he said that we should be in the WWE. I'm not being boastful. I'm just saying that's what he said. I saw that. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. To get that from the honky-tonk man? Yeah, that's great. The longest reigning intercontinental champion of all time? Yes.
1: That well, is. is he still the longest reigning, actually? I thought that got dethroned. Like what like one single reign? Oh yeah. Oh, in one single reign, yes. You yeah, reign. yeah. The great arguably the greatest in the <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I liked him. Um yeah, I, I'm not going to crap on the match. I'm not going to give it, like, Dave Meltzer six stars. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because it was in the
0: Tokyo Dome. Yeah, match, there you so. go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's a myth about that, by the way. Yeah. There's actually not that many five-star matches in the Tokyo Dome. No, I know that. <laughs> it's Kork it n- and along, Hall, there. folks, that you have to be saying <laughs> that for. It's Hall. and Hall. Every, like, that's the that's the one that makes me mad. It's like, if you're going to do the joke, do it properly. Yeah, I know. You know what I what mean? That. Like, yeah. Tokyo Dome isn't where all the five-star matches. It's, no. it's, it's freaking Kork and Hall. <laughs> Come on, guys. Get... Get with the program. Can remember Tokyo Dome, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, to, to the American fans, the ignorant American fans, it's the same thing. Was there? A, I don't remember now. Was there a guitar shot in this match? I don't. know nope. oh, it's too bad. I was hoping there would be. I think it was. I don't think it was at this point where the guitar shots. That was more Jarrett actually. That kind of normalized that than Honky Tonk. Mm, didn't it start with Honky Tonk Man though? I th- I think it started, but it got popularized by Jarrett.
1: I don't think so. I'm I trying feel, to think. I do not think so. I'm trying I to did it after.
0: What's 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 like a most infamous? Uh, it, 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 I may be wrong. Dogman. Oh, Honky really man? Yeah. oh uh,
1: when he hits uh, Randy Savage in the head, but the guitar didn't break. It wasn't gimmicked. Or before that, on the Snake Pit, where Jake the Snake uh, actually says that his neck. That's problem. right. Yeah. That, that's right. That's right. It wasn't yeah, yeah, a gimmick guitar. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. And it Nailed him right in the. That makes me head. sound
0: super yeah. silly. Oops. Come on, Young whippersnapper. Uh, I'm sorry. See, this is why. Hey, it's were good you we're expecting me on. to say Playboy Buddy Rose during this show? No. No I wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Or, or or Ray Stevens. Like Well I had to help you with that. No, well you <laughs> did. But I, I remembered Carl Gotch. You remember watching Carl Gotch? I mean, yes. I don't even remember Carl Gotch, right? Okay. <laughs>
1: and <laughs> but I'm, uh, and I'm almost thirty. Yeah, so come on,
0: man. It's a bit of a gap there. Yeah. Um,
1: but and see, uh, that's what's good about DBS like this, right? Yeah. Someone like yourself who came into a newer era, and even some of these matches, like neither, neither of us were alive when some of these things happened. Nope. And like heading into like the early to mid '90s, I was just a young lad when I saw. A young that, lad. Yeah, just a young lad, and you
0: were bright future. I don't know. Were what? you in your diapers or were you just getting bored? I don't <laughs> Well, I now, wasn't but. born in 19, from 86 to 95. I was born 97. Arguably the best year of WWF history. Oh, my goodness. 97? Yeah. Dude. I was born uh, two days after the Montreal Screwjob. job. Oh my goodness. I believe. Oh, Either missed. two days, two, or three days. You need, okay, you know
1: what? Borrow this DVD when we're done. I'm telling you, you need to borrow this. I, uh,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you have so much to catch up on, but what? I'm impressed as to what you already know so far. So that's good. I'm not, see, I had a compliment coming in. <laughs> <on. laughs> okay. I was just going to say, what? you right.
0: <laughs> How many 19 year olds do you know that know no, none. Playboy Buddy Rose? No. But uh, let's see. Um, the handicap match. Yeah, there really wasn't much to it, to be honest. No. Um, it, it was just a nice little feature on the DVD. Yeah. Um, it was cool to see uh, a young Bret Hart and a young Jim Neidhart. Jim Neidhart really kind of impressed me a little bit for a bigger guy. He's not one of the better workers, in my opinion, but... Uh, for,
1: uh, well, for his style, he was okay. I yeah. always loved the Hitman, though. I always... Oh, I'm The Heart it's Foundation. Hart Foundation is my favorite tag team. It's Bret so. Hart, right? Yeah. So.
0: Um, alrighty, then we'll go on to this interesting matchup here. Now I don't know if this is a tryout match or if it was just kind of a showcase match where they just kind of brought him in to fill in the undercard. Yeah. Um, but this is interesting, and you're gonna—it's interesting. You'll hear how I think of this match. <laughs> Owen Hart versus Barry Horowitz, mm-hmm. and uh, this is gonna surprise some people. This was the worst match on the DVD. You know what? I would have to agree with you. D-
1: yeah. Despite, like, what it may look like on paper,
0: like, oh, this guy and that guy, you sure No, it know it. It was, uh, it, was, it was brutal. It was... There was some really poorly timed spots. Yeah. Um, there was some good moments, don't get me wrong. Like, Owen Hart. I mean, it's Owen Hart. Um, and Horowitz actually knew how to draw a little bit of heat.
1: Yep. Yeah, great heel. For a heel enhancement talent... Yeah, He was actually not bad. I think they should have ran with that instead of, like, when he became, like, it was cool. how he that beat Undark Skip at run. the. Yeah, but he was a really, like, boring baby face. But anyway, yeah. that's, this is like, pre-Blue Blazer Owen Hart, too, which, in retrospect.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. That gimmick. Bye. That gimmick. Uh, but uh, yeah, this match it wasn't very Brilliant. good. Um, there was there were definitely moments of brilliance from Owen Hart. Well, some cool backflips by Owen yeah. Hart. Yeah, uh, I think really the main thing was his style. It very much reminded me of Dynamite Kid the way he wrestled. A little bit. I mean, his finisher was a freaking diving headbutt, right? So there's
1: of course that debate which we could be going on here for like an hour. You know, who's better between Brett and Owen? But uh, I liked Owen, Owen because he mixed possibly <laughs> uh, because he mixed. You know athleticism and stuff with with like good psychology and he yep. could wrestle you on the mat and he, was he wasn't character. like a cruiserweight right and he was and he was a great like especially when he turned heel yeah king of hearts 1994 1995 Owen Hart was like my favorite yeah even like in the attitude era when he was the black heart yeah I think they should have ran with that mm-hmm I not think- make him the blue blazer again
0: which yeah. was a terrible gimmick to begin with mm-hmm. but yeah. Um so yeah, this match was, wasn't very good. There no. was a die there was just a couple spots where it just seemed mistimed and, oh, and I don't oh. know if it's because if Barry Horowitz couldn't handle just the quickness that Owen was wrestling mm-hmm. or if it was just
1: could have been an off.
0: T- just timing issues, mm-hmm. but there was just something off about it. There were some side slams that looked really bad. Um, there yeah. was some. There was some uh, takedowns that were kind of sloppily executed. Mm-hmm. There were some cool spots. I mean, there was the tope. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the most high flying we saw in the DVD mm-hmm. was when uh, Owen Hart uh, d- mm-hmm. did the suicide dive through mm-hmm. the uh, through the ropes. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so. It was uh, it. It was just it was the weakest match, to be quite honest. Yeah. And uh, it was disappointing because it's like I'm a big fan of Owen Hart. I loved a bunch of his matches. I, I still him. think uh, the steel cage match he had with uh, Bret Hart is the best steel cage match in the history of wrestling. Saw that the other day, actually. <clears throat> yeah, I I, s- it. I still believe nice. that's the best steel cage match in the history of wrestling. Um, wow. Yes, in the hi- well, in the history of wrestling, it's still the best one. In my I mean, it's and there. I've wa- and I've watched and I watched. Uh, Patterson uh, steel cage matches. I've seen a bunch of the early, the WWF the steel cage matches. Player? I'm not saying cage matches. I'm saying steel cage, like that sort of steel cage. You know what I mean? On, oh, in the blue. Yeah, in the blue. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm not uh, saying hell. I'm not no. in hell cell. <laughs> not, like, not like a starcade eighty. No, no, no. Accent. Not like not like war games or anything like that. In terms of just like steel cage, the blue mm-hmm. cage. Okay. that sort of deal. Yeah, okay. Still, to me, the greatest steel cage. I match. would
1: say between that and uh, Warrior Rude, but definitely
0: uh, for sure. Um, yeah, Owen, Owen and Brad had good chemistry together. No S- doubt about it. Go watch that match if, yeah. if you can. Um, that, like, that, the matches that they had together were just incredible. Yeah. If only Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy could have <laughs> <say laughs> like that. But uh, yeah. nonetheless. Um, Moving on. Yeah, so uh, we go on to our first WWE Championship match of the DVD. Mm-hmm. Uh, Macho Man, Randy Savage versus Andre the Giant. Yeah. Short match, but... Uh, yeah. I believe this was a DQ finish.
1: Yes. Yes. Macho got himself disqualified because he was protecting. Miss Elizabeth. Miss
0: Elizabeth. There you are. Because Because, uh, I believe it was Andre that was going after. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. Uh, Again, this is your classic 80s WWF main event match. And Andre was really slowing down at this point. Too. Yeah, the, one of the things so. we noticed throughout the DVD is how slower each year. You kind of saw Andre. He wasn't which, like he like he was in the seventies. Yeah, so. it was it was pretty depressing to watch. Yeah. Uh, sometimes because like eighty, like when we saw uh, Andre. Uh, what when did we la- see Andre previously? They showed some highlights from him from 86 during the preview, mm-hmm. and then you just kind of saw the slow depreciation yeah. of his knees and yeah. that sort of stuff. Um, but uh, short match, but it was a fun little burst.
1: Well, yeah, because you got to see, right? I mean, it was such a mismatch, right? I yeah. mean, even though Savage was the champion, you, you, you look at it for storyline purposes, it's like, oh, he's facing Andre the Giant. That's a yeah. legitimate threat to his... Uh, to his title reign, yeah. right? Because it's Andre the freaking Giant. Yeah. So. And Andre was still dominating to the best that he could. And yep. Randy Savage being the consummate professional that he was, was really making it look... Yeah. You know? And it I was mean, great. it would have been weird if it was like a clean pinfall on Andre. Maybe if it was the situation with... And again, this is like... Maybe if we were booking. Yeah. But like... Maybe if Because the thing is Is that Savage Even when he turned babyface He still used like Heelish tactics Yeah Maybe if like he Like behind the rest back Like clocked Andre With the chair And then pinned him Or something But again A desperation move Right so I don't know I didn't think it was A terrible match For what it was worth So No
0: definitely not Um We then go on To the WWE Tag Team Championship match Yes and realizing it now, I may have said Owen Hart versus. This was probably the worst. worst. Um, in ring wise, definitely. In terms of like what happened in this match, it was in terms of a finish and that sort of stuff. This could also be argued. Um, because really nothing happened This was a WWE Tag Team Championship match Demolition versus The Powers of Pain mm-hmm. With Fuji still in Demolition's corner I believe in this yes. one Yes yeah. um, Because Powers of Pain were babyfaces in this
1: Yeah, because later on in the DVD It was the opposite When yeah. they had that double turn at the Survivor Series um, Which you should watch, by the way, ladies and gentlemen If you haven't already Was it 89? 80... 88 or 89 I think it was 89 Yeah, that was good
0: um, But anyway, yeah This was uh, awful yeah this is no good which was too bad I mean I mean they tried to build the story of Demolition like they can't figure out powers of pain but then they stalled and they stalled and they stalled yeah there was a lot of stalling in this
1: and I think there was like a shoulder block by the warlord on Axe and he got like kind of mad and like started like pouting and then there was some it was awful like it was like a DQ finish and then then Demolition walked out didn't they Yeah, Demolition, yeah, because they were the heels at the time, and it's the, and they just decided to walk out, and Dagodsen's uh, Wells counted out, and it was brutal. And then it just ended. It was nothing really memorable. Yeah, that was awful. That was... I have nothing to say, really, about this match. Really, the you? only
0: thing I could say is Warlord is massive. They
1: Holy. both were at the
0: time. But, but yeah, Warlord, Warlord especially Warlord was, was like, a large man. He, he was, was a very, yeah. He was very scary. He reminded me of Nathan Jones a little bit. He kind of had a Nathan, just bald, big, muscle guy. Yeah. Nathan uh, was like more
1: ripped and like yeah. more agile, but Warlord, like, and definitely a better wrestler but, <laughs> Hell yeah.
0: than Nathan Jones, but. Uh, another comparison I've seen when he grew out his beard uh, was a a bigger, I guess you could say, like Pokemon, like a Mega Evolved version of Stone Cold Steve Austin. He looks like a
1: cross between Goldberg and Austin in a
0: sense. Like, yeah. Yeah. If the, if he went through like if there was a mix up in the teleportation yeah. d- test and the molecules got mixed up, <laughs> I think that's what you got there. Warlord was massive in this. Dude. He was a big dude, and he and and he's on there later in the match. And spoiler, and he looks much bigger. Yeah. It was it's kind of scary. Well, there was a
1: story, apparently, I think it was Scott Hall that, that told it, where it was either Michael's or Perfect that went to, like, Warlord was like, hey, can you inject? Because obviously there was some, you know, some stuff that they were taking, some uh, medication, if you will, and yeah. they were injecting him in the rear, and uh, apparently like he burbled up, and they're like, yo, Warlord, you're, you're full.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> that's kind of scary, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> Still wouldn't want to mess with them. though. No. Uh, He was 50 Cent's bodyguard for a while, if
0: he isn't there. That's true, isn't it? Isn't that kind of funny? Yeah, that's funny. (laughs) Um, We then go to another skit, and it was Sean Mooney finding the WrestleMania Five Coliseum exclusive uh, matches. Mm -hmm. Caruso was making fun of him for uh, claiming that they were rare, Mm -hmm. and uh, they said that they found some rare matches from the Fallout Wrestlemania 5 Yeah, uh, I believe Wrestlemania 5 was a tournament right uh, where it was Macho that won yeah he beat DiBiase yeah that was the tournament one um, <clears throat> that was that was an interesting mania because there were so many matches on that card weren't there like they literally started the tournament at the quarterfinals and did it to the finals was it 4 or 5 now I'm trying to remember because I think it's 5 because 6 because um, 6 was, was was the mega powers um, I'm going to search that up now uh, no
1: no Cause uh, six or seven was Macho and Warrior ninety one. Uh, Hogan. Oh and yeah, Warrior, WrestleMania yeah. five that's was uh, I
0: mean, Macho. WrestleMania five was yeah, Macho and Hogan. Thought. WrestleMania four was the uh, tournament. Cause
1: Hogan and Warrior was that's WrestleMania right. six. So. Yeah, yeah. That's that's ah. correct.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it smarted me once again. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was uh, that was something as well. Um, of course it was, yeah, but, for but, sure. But anyways, uh, they had uh, two matches from the same show. This was from Glens Falls, New York. Uh, oh, I saw
1: Jim Duggan's hometown.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact. I should be
1: your like wrestling trivia historian from now on.
0: <laughs> yeah. Trivia um, Minute. You know. We had we had a rematch from res- from the original WrestleMania, Andre the Giant versus Big John Studd. Oh, my
1: goodness, yeah. When John Studd came back as a baby face.
0: Yes, and Andre was a heel, I believe, still. Yeah. So, um, this was an interesting match. It was just a big man match. Again, Andre looks slow. Yeah, um, nothing special. 520 pounds apparently was his weight at the time. Obviously, it's kayfabe weight, so you gotta take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> was he know. really seven foot six <laughs> or seven foot four
1: or whatever the heck they bowled him at? I I don't think he really actually was. He was definitely like in the seven foot range, wasn't he? I think so. Andre, but yeah, I don't know if he was
0: seven. Well there or four. was there's been there's been some conspiracy theories about that seven, sort of stuff because because yeah. there was apparently some side by side stuff with Hogan and he's really not that much taller than Hogan. Apparently. And Hogan was six nine. Six nine? I think. I thought he was six. six. six maybe six eight. He was usually like in the six foot range. Um the late the latter six foot. Um, yeah. Hulk Hogan. I'm gonna check that now. What's two meters? <laughs> um, <laughs> Great. We'll uh, return to our
1: regularly scheduled programming in a minute. Here we're just. But this match, but but this match though, I. I uh, we're this dedicated to wrestling that we're looking up yeah. our favorite wrestler's height and weight. Yes, six foot seven. Six foot. There you go. You know what's funny? Eh, they always build the weight, but never the height. I always found that interesting. It's weird. Boxing, they did. Coming
0: build. in at six foot seven, weighing two. Yeah, that yeah. doesn't happen. They're just the weight, eh?
1: Usually, yeah. That's weird. Unless they were like huge, but even yeah. then. Um, yeah, but big John, Stud and Andre, nothing special, just a big man match. And then uh, Heenan came in to try and save Andre. Yep. Disqualification, nothing crazy. Yep. But uh, he took a bump, though, from Stud, didn't he? Yes. Didn't Stud kind of throw him across? And Yep. Heenan, too, in a typical uh, <laughs> bump.
0: Yep. The turnbuckle, god, he was fabulous! <laughs> Such a loss. Bobby. Bobby the Brain Heaton is like obviously, uh, with his recent passing, is like watching it now. It's like he just mm. like he just loved everything that he does, right? He just never be he was so so good at what yeah. he did, and even wrestling too. Like, he was just like he knew how to tell the story, yeah. So, he, he's someone that's greatly missed. Um, We then go to Macho Man Randy Savage versus The Ultimate Warrior. This was, I believe, their first encounter. Um, This may have been their first encounter. Uh, Maybe not. Uh, What year? 1989.
1: I don't think so. I'm pretty sure that they had encounters before, uh, but at least with respect to this DVD... Uh, it was because there were a couple matches that they had on this DVD. So, yeah,
0: in a couple years. This spin. was great. This is probably one of the best. I enjoyed matches it. In the show. I thought it was
1: enjoyable. Both. Yeah. I like both guys. So. Yeah.
0: Uh, this was though. He wasn't managed by Elizabeth Savage, right? It no, was this was with Sherry, right? I believe. Um, which is which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was before Macho King too. See, that's what I thought because I, I I
1: guess I must have forgot that because yeah. I thought Sherry came after. But I guess not. I guess she was crowned queen when he was crowned king. Yeah. More you know. The
0: more you know, folks. Even I learned stuff on this DVD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, No, this was a good match. Um, I'm just trying to remember uh, the differences between the first match and the second match. Really, like, Savage really knew how to work uh, Warrior. Um, And it's also evident, too, in their later uh, WrestleMania match as well. Uh, I believe that was uh, Macho Man's retirement match. Um, Mm -hmm. And then there was was a drama with Elizabeth. And And, and that was a great match. Um, So... I I enjoyed this. Um, Again, this is... More was to come from these matches, right? Um, They worked really well. Savage brought the best out of Warrior. Uh, One of the things that was great about this, too, Rick Rude came out for this match as well. That's Um, right. And uh, that was... uh, that's a guy who's got to look. Rick Rude. Oh, man. Ravishing Rick's another loss to the business.
1: Uh, and, yeah. and the funny thing about Rude in this match, right, is because remember there was that dusty finish at Mania. Uh, s- which one was it now? Where uh, he <laughs> held the leg of the Warrior and Rude pinned him for the belt. And, of course, he came out with the Intercontinental strap he and six. he's taunting. Yeah. Not so six. He, not six. No, six was, remember, that was Warrior Ho- and Hogan. Hogan.
0: Five it must have been and it must have been five. It must have been five. Because they Eight were still nine. feuding at that point.
1: Yeah, and he was taunting the warrior. Yeah. I got your belt. And he was yeah. trying to get war. And every time
0: there was like a pinfall, he was kinda yeah. itching he, he, for yeah. Yeah, it was, was the best good. part was like there was a really close fall, and I believe it was Randy Savage dropping the elbow on him and then Warrior kicked out. Yeah. But Rude didn't That's care. That. He just looked at the camera with the belt and he was yeah. looking at it. It was that it's was lovely. great. I love, loved it. And uh, one of the best parts, too, was uh, Rude got involved, and then Warrior chased Rude to the back. So Savage won by count out. Yeah. But then Warrior came back with the Intercontinental Championship and then laid out uh, laid out uh, Savage. Yeah, with and it, he started swinging around. like Swinging a around. Like, yeah. Kind of like Tatsuya Naito does when he's IWGP oh, okay. champion. okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, you and your obscure Japanese references. My eh? obscure... <laughs> what are you talking about? New Japan's more popular than ever. At least, at least in the States and Canada. Yes, it is. Um, People are reaching for an alternative. That happens. That's true. Uh, next match, Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream, baby, <laughs> versus the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. This was entertaining. Very entertaining. Again, another one of the interviews that we've done here on Wrestling With Ideas is with the Million Dollar Man, yeah. Ted DiBiase. Um, also a great guy. Loved that character. Yeah, cool. such a great character. He cut a promo beforehand, um, calling out Dusty Rhodes. And uh, Dusty was great in this. So one, of the, here's the best part of the match for, for both of us, I think. So uh, DiBiase has the money in his hand, like a whole bunch of dollar bills. He starts waving it in Dusty's face. Trying to bribe him, pay him off. Yeah, it's, it's take the loss here, right? Yeah. Dusty lays into DiBiase. The cash flies up into the air. Yeah. Uh, DiBiase flies out of the ring. Rhodes does a little bit of a dance and then he breaks, picks up the money and gives the money to the kids at ringside. Yeah. Like ultimate babyface. That was great. Yeah. Oh, I got all this cash. Hey, who wants it? Yeah. yeah. That was great. And that they showed well like the crowd reactions of the kids getting the money. That was mm-hmm. cool. Um, but this was also a very good match. Yeah. Um, I joked with Marco about this. Uh, this is a great match from the NWA in 1983 when both guys were really at their peak with DiBiase in Mid-South and uh, Dusty Rhodes at Jim Crockett. <clears throat> but uh, this was a, this was a fun little match. Both guys knew how to work. Rhodes was such a great baby face. Well, yeah. DiBiase was such a great heel. Yeah. Um, and it just worked great together. Mm. Um, and it was just the perfect formula, too. Mm-hmm. You got the millionaire guy, the evil millionaire, versus the uh, up-and-coming star, or yeah. up-and-coming star, Dusty Rhodes. Up-and-coming Sorry, uh, I mean. Uh, no. <laughs> I, I, what, what am I trying to say? Uh, new to WWF. New to WWF, but, like, trying to make a statement. But also, like, good old American boy, you know. Yeah. Working hard with his hands. Just a Just a common man. man yeah. Working hard with his hands. Yeah. You know
1: that was good. Uh, that was a good then, guy, d- yeah. dynamic. A dusty finish on dusty Rhodes though, That's funny. which I thought was kind of interesting. Was
0: it wasn't a dusty finish?
1: Yeah, because Virgil grabbed the leg. I think when when
0: Rhodes went to pick up DiBiase, yeah, and then DiBiase pinned him mm-hmm. one
1: two three.
0: I thought a dusty finish was uh, there would be the pin, there would be a new champion, but then something would happen at the ropes. The ref would catch it, and then they would reverse the decision. I thought that was a dusty finish.
1: We'll have to get that on Wikipedia. See, I thought a Dusty Finish just meant like someone like someone wins, but it's 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 through like shady actions.
0: It is through shady actions, but it's like they initially say like like I always thought the Dusty Finish was like uh, with uh, Sting and R- Ric Flair. Like, mm-hmm. th- um, let's see here. Uh, is give it to in which one wrestler appears to have scored a win only to have the decision reversed. Okay, I was often, wrong. Then. Often on a small technicality, so someone's foot ah. is on the ropes. Um, although Eddie Graham is usually credited with inventing the finish, mm-hmm. is named after Dusty Rhodes because Rhodes was famous for invoking the finish in his own matches when he was a wrestler slash Booker.
1: Interesting. Okay, yeah. so that's okay. See, to me, I've always thought that it meant it was like you know you you won through shady actions. Yeah. But okay,
0: no, I, that's fair still, enough. Still though, it was. Uh, It was uh, Dusty's foot was under the ropes, but the ref didn't catch it, so DiBiase was able to get the victory. Right. Um, It was a solid little match. I really
1: enjoyed it. It was good. It was good for what it was. It was good for uh, building up a story. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah.
0: I liked it. Um, What's the next match here? Uh, We had, oh, this was an interesting one. So we had the Colossal Connection. Yes. Haku and Andre the Giant. Versus Hillbilly Jim and King Duggan. <laughs> and yes. And boy, oh boy, I didn't realize until now, and I think you said this as well, how much I want to see now a Hillbilly Jim and Hacksaw Jim Duggan tag team see Hillbilly
1: Jim and Hacksaw they should have been paired up a lot more than they were I think they were underrated together I thought they had really really good chemistry could have been like a north and south thing and both
0: gimmicks worked well together they really really
1: did Um,
0: yeah enjoy this Um, uh, again Andre's a little slow here he mostly it was Haku doing the work it was interesting to see how young Haku was there Eh. Um, yeah I guess I guess yeah Considering um, seen his later stuff and and he was much more in shape in the late '80s than he was in the night. You still don't want to mess with Haku.
1: Never, from what I hear. Yeah, yeah
0: don't mess with Haku, people. Uh, <laughs> just don't.
1: Like, yeah, he for sure. This
0: is this is life. Advice. This isn't just rest. This is life advice. Yeah. Don't mess with Haku. He's one of those
1: guys where like you want him on your side. Like apparently he's like yeah. a really like nice, sweet guy. But yeah. if you cross him, then it's over. You're screwed. Yeah. Don't so, yeah. Be yeah. yeah, yeah don't no, be that uh, guy. That's the thing because Andre at this time, you know, we've heard that he was like kind of in pain. And uh, a lot, and and he was kind of like slowing down as you can tell, and Haku was doing a good chunk of the
0: work, so. But uh, yeah, they were underrated tag team. They were, um, and uh, this was a fun little match, um, good TV match I would say. Yeah. Um, and uh, it would have been nice if they kept building off of Hillbilly Jim and King Duggan uh, together. Uh, I they thought they were great Duggan. together. I really, I mean, they, they were wacky together. They were, they were it was a good duo, yeah. and. Uh, I uh, I actually would have liked to seen because as. Uh, I think Hillbilly Jim could have been a bit bigger than what he was. Hillbilly Jim? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I feel like they kind of did something, right? Because it was him and Uncle Elmer and Cousin Luke, and there was the whole thing with the wedding and all that. But, yeah, I don't know. I I feel like he got a bit of the rub there with Hogan because he kind of got brought in and he was working out with them. but. Mm -hmm. How big though? Like I don't think I don't see Hillbilly Jim as like world champion. Well, the the uh, no,
0: I, I'm not saying world champion <laughs> at all. I'm just saying like a good mid card, bigger mid card act than what he was. Because in terms of like when you remember characters from the uh, WWF, you probably especially in terms of the mid card, you remember more like Perfect, Honky Tonk Man, uh, Piper, Hogan, Savage, even Dusty, uh, Flair. Uh, you know all these guys, and Hillbilly Jim just kind of well. Less I, than a lower, uh, lower half. It depends.
1: Right I think, like, he, I thought he was okay. Like, he, him, and, him and JYD, kind of the same, right? They were yeah. both fairly popular in the 80s. But I think if Hillbilly Jim didn't leave in, like, 1990, yeah. and he would have probably hung on until, like, 91, 92, and he wasn't simply a guest on when Primetime was a panel show. Yeah. I think maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. But mm-hmm. I, I think, I think, it, I, I don't know. I, th- I thought he was okay yeah. for what he was. He's, but a, he's
0: a big dude, by the way. He seems like a really sweet guy. A really nice guy, yeah. but like, he's, he's, he's a big dude. He yeah. still keeps himself in shape, too. Yeah. In uh, somewhat good shape. He just look at him, he's like, oh, boy, that's a massive dude. You know he's what? a
1: big dude. Like, a big, he seems like dude. like the nicest guy in the world, but you don't yeah. want to cross him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Big old country boy.
0: <laughs> big old country boy.
1: But, yeah, north and south, that would have been a good little – anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from this match, I mean, as far as like what was memorable from this match, uh uh good question i think uh yeah i think just the dynamic between hillbilly jim and hacksaw was just a really entertaining in this one mm-hmm.
0: i always liked so. the colossal connection yeah um, as a tag team yeah they were
1: really underrated. Um, i thought
0: that was a cool I, I thought that was a cool tag team yeah um, and doesn't get enough respect yeah um and, main, and mainly i think they don't get as big as only because of andre's condition later on um, but other than that it was uh, I, I always love seeing the colossal connection mm-hmm. and seeing this this team of Hillbilly Jim and, and Hacksaw Jim Duggan was a cool combo. yeah alright we go into the tryout segment of the DVD yes and uh, they showed Sean Mooney's tryout tape um, and he said it was bad I was like like, oh it's not that bad was like, it's like it's Sean Mooney <laughs> delivering me what's going on with Bad News Brown <laughs> uh, and love bad news And so we had two tryout matches that they showed us. The first one was Brian Adams. Some may remember him as as Crush. Others may remember him as Brian Adams from Chronic in WCW.
1: Or a stint Um, with the NWO.
0: Or his very brief stint with the NWO. Um, I believe he wrestled in Japan, too, for a bit. For like a tiny bit. Possibly. Possibly. Um, I, th- I think so. This was against Barry Horowitz. Now, funny enough, this match I thought was better than the Owen Hart match.
1: You know what's funny? Barry Horowitz now has two matches on this DVD more than uh, a guy like Owen Hart, which I thought was somewhat tragic. But
0: although Ho- Owen's re- career really took off more, '92 to '95. Yes. So I, I, it didn't really surpri- surprise me. We, didn't but like see it a too blue much. blazer
1: match, even was there not an unreleased blue blazer match? I would have even taken that over. I like don't think, I don't think they'll words. want
0: to show the blue blazer. To be quite honest. Uh, well, no, but
1: then again, I don't know. It's, it's a wacky gimmick. Yeah. I, no, you're okay. I Yeah, you know, that's, yeah that's that's that. Saying. Yeah, you know what? You're right. Yeah. yeah. Let's see. That's, uh, Mr. Perfect came in one time. <laughs> <laughs> 88, 87, 88. He could have shown a Mr. Perfect match. Did Perfect come in in 88, 89? He was late 80s. See,
0: definitely, definitely 90. Uh, no, 90 was when he really started to take off. Yeah. Uh, Maybe 89, I, mean, I think. I would say 88
1: or 89. Uh, because he was at... Which Survivor Series was he at? No, I think it was before... The, he was at a Royal Rumble. It was Which is the one where Axe and Smash came in number one and two? 89, 89. because that's when Stud won. Yeah, that, that, that Probably a little 89. bit before then.
0: Yeah, okay, so maybe late 80. Yeah. 80.
1: Um. But yeah, even a Mr. Perfect match when released, I'm sure him and Bret Hart had some matches that were on a DVD. Maybe they'd I mean, finally they finally
0: released that... I know it's not 80, 86 to 95, but maybe they finally released that... Uh, that uh, Brock Lesnar versus Mr. Perfect match.
1: Oh my gosh! If there's like a volume two, they should. Yeah, they got to put that in there. Yeah. Anyway, uh, not not to not to crap on yeah. Barry Horowitz.
0: But, uh. <laughs> he's a he, well. Didn't he say he's not a jobber? He just put people over.
1: Yeah, yeah. You can look that up. He hates the term
0: jobber. I put people over. Okay, so Barry. like a jobber yeah like it you yeah. know mm. anyways yeah. um, so Brian Adams versus Barry Horowitz one he of the okay things in was, it. yeah he, he wasn't that bad yeah he showed some good agility mm-hmm. um, he actually put in a good drop kick mm-hmm. um, again this was just more like a squash match just mm-hmm. to establish uh, one of the new rising uh, or one of the new stars in the promotion right yep Um So again, uh, nothing really too special. The only thing was, it's just it was shocking to see this match go better than the Owen Hart match. But uh, yeah, oddly
1: enough, it was a lot more. uh, This one was a lot more fluid than the other one. a lot more uh, clean. Um, Oddly enough, yeah, for Brian Adams for his size was pretty
0: uh, pretty agile. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Um, and then the next tryout match we saw was Earthquake Evans. Versus Paul Roma, one Paul of my favorites. Roma. This was
1: hilarious, by the way. I thought it was actually one of the better tryout matches. You you
0: um, love some Paul
1: Roma. I love Paul Roma. I'm a Paul Roma mark. That's... I don't give a damn if I'm like the only one out there. <laughs> um, underrated as a horseman, yes. Unpopular opinion, I will say this. Better wow. than Mongo, better than Sid. <laughs> um, I think that Roma had it all as far as the look he wasn't terrible on the mic but he had a great look and yes earthquake Evans coming out to jive soul bro yeah with it was slick. slick looking like he had like a plaid shirt on yeah. he had like jeans or something and it looked really uncomfortable for the poor guy but that's another that's another underrated guy
0: earthquake oh, or 500 John Tanta? pounds yeah oh f- such a great sumo background yeah exactly uh he was he was so good especially for a man of his size I actually really like this match yeah me too <laughs> really you know what the funny thing was I enjoyed this match too yeah I really I Roma really like this sold match. really well in this too mm-hmm. and Roma Roma yeah, and you mentioned this too during during our watch it was like you were uh, power and glory is your second favorite tag team isn't it
1: Power and Glory, aside from the Hart Foundation, is actually one of my favorite tag teams. I wish they had a bigger run than they were. I loved it. They had a great dynamic, and they were actually really good friends. Herc was the power guy. Roma was, well, Glory. He was the the showboat, and it yeah. worked really, really well. They, even their finisher was amazing. Nobody have I ever seen in this day and age use, as used it yet. Interesting. But, uh, maybe if we, you and I were like a
0: tag team, we could use the power. <laughs> oh, plugs. I would not last long in <laughs> professional <laughs> <laughs> <The> wrestling rigged. <laughs> I mean you never know maybe I'll maybe I'll turn myself into a high flyer and just do some shooting star presses oh
1: <laughs> start now? good
0: lord sir. Uh,
1: I'm fine, snapchatting fine. by the way I, I want it I want it on record that I like power and glory okay
0: <laughs> fine <laughs> fine 450 splashes <laughs>
1: <laughs> no big deal yeah, no big yeah. deal I thought you were going to like a shooting star press maybe and then work it or like a 630 or how huh? shooting star you turned know. into a 450 in the middle of the air yeah yeah that's right no uh this was a good match though I mean I there was an arm
0: drag on Earthquake and it was actually not that bad <laughs> it was, like, <laughs> I was like whoa yeah. that's not something I was expecting yeah well like I said
1: this was like the first thing that really caught my eye was Earthquake coming out the Drive Soul Bro managed by Slick and this was like I said uh, Paul Roma showed why he was a really good worker I thought he should have gotten some kind of a better run um, but yeah no this was okay for a tryout match especially for Earthquake I thought it was great um glad it changed a little bit yeah um i'll be honest with you though and and i'll get your opinion on this if you like um i think and this is just i'm just saying this maybe i'm just thinking out loud here what if instead of sergeant slaughter winning the belt from the ultimate warrior
0: it would have been earthquake imagine if earthquake was world champion I think, I think the way he was being Nuclear, pushed at that he, time, yeah. I think it would have been much better than Slaughter. And I, like I love Slaughter. Star. I even Me love too. the Iraqi sympathizer gimmick. Really?
1: There's uh, not a lot of people that like that gimmick. No, I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, especially. But I think that he feuded better with Hogan because Hogan was the American well, yeah. hero. Yeah. But, uh, you yeah, know, Earthquake as, as world champ would be Are you good. sure
0: you aren't behind Sheik Tugboat?
1: Chic tugboat.
0: Oh, wasn't he? Yeah, he was supposed to get that, wasn't he? Yes. Oh, my
1: God. That would have been weird. Wouldn't that have been weird? Oh, I didn't even like Tugboat's gimmick. Typhoon was good, especially yeah. when he like teamed up with Earthquake because it was yeah. perfect, Natural Disasters and all that. But
0: uh, Also not. one of my favorite tag teams as well, an underrated tag team. They were and good. They were, they were two
1: super heavyweights. They yeah. worked really well.
0: I play. like me some super heavyweights, man. I'm not going to lie. Absolutely. So you're an Authors of Pain kind of guy? I do like the Authors of Pain. Yeah, okay, fair I enough. Do. Yeah. I do. Think, I think they get way too much crap, to be honest. Yeah. Because, well, you know what happened with him, right? There was a really brutal-looking powerbomb that they did on the guy, and yep. it was like head-on-head. Yeah and they were really on him for mm-hmm. that and in my opinion i was like you know uh, in, my, in my opinion i was like uh, you know, it, it's definitely reckless, but we got to remember that it's like they're in NXT and they're still learning. And they're only 22 and 21 or something like that. Oh my God. It's like, there's still so much time for them to learn. Like, people were way heavy on them. And it's like, there's a reason why they're pushing these guys. And they've gotten better. And it helps, obviously, when you're working with Gargano, Ciampa, Revival, you know, those sort of tag teams. Um, so I've, I'm an author's sanity. pain fan, uh, Sanity. I'm a I'm an author's a pain guy I, 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 I mean, love Paul I Ellering
1: as their manager me too I think they need to do a little bit I more think it, with them,
0: I like. think it brings legitimacy to
1: them as well. you know what uh off air you and I were talking about if they were ever to turn reins like heel like should it be cocky should it be like a monster whatever yeah and we're talking about like he should have a manager a mouthpiece, right yeah and we're talking about like different people and it just came to my
0: mind Paul Ellering wouldn't be a bad choice. That's not bad he's already on the payroll yeah might as well use him. Just saying. I, it'd be interesting to see Paul Ellering being a manager to Roman
1: Reigns. I don't think it'd be that bad. I mean, I, I'd stay Heyman, but Heyman's with Brock, and it doesn't seem like they want to have a new Paul Heyman guy, which I thought was weird. Let him
0: build somebody new. Somebody they tried fresh. that with Axel. and and Sar- I thought it worked. And uh, No, it didn't. Oh, sure it did. No, I it thought didn't. it was great. No, it didn't. Sure, it didn't work for you. No, it didn't
1: work. I thought it was great. He was, I think Axel is a diamond in the rough. I liked his IC title run. Very soon, but it worked. I think he's really talented and people are sleeping on him.
0: Great in-ring worker, but he d- he didn't
1: have the look in my opinion. Um, I think that Heyman should have managed Ryback for a long time too when he teamed up with Ryback. Lo- I love the
0: Ryback yeah. tag team. That didn't get enough credit because no. Ryback was in a IDGAF mode at the end. Yeah. Well. Did you see the belt he wore during one of his last show appearances? No. The pre-show stopper? Love it. (laughs) I've I've established this on the Wrestling With Ideas show. I am a big fan of Ryback. Sure. I love the meat hook clothesline. Sure. I love the shell shock finisher. I love that he just beat (laughs) people up. And I love that he was able to carry three people on his back. thats I don't care if it's not wrestling. You know what I mean? It was awesome. Ryback should have been bigger than he was. Uh, He should have never faced CM Punk at Hell in a Cell. Because... First of all, it killed his push, mm-hmm. and then CM Punk lost faith in Ryback, and it yeah. led to him leaving the company. They should have—literally, ne- history would have changed if, if Ryback didn't meet CM Punk at Hell in a Cell. I think they could have easily—they gotten- could have easily done Dolph Ziggler versus CM Punk at <laughs> Hell in a Cell. And you don't oh even have, to have him win. You don't even have to have him win, right? Yeah. Ziggler. Yeah. Because they, they needed somebody to fill it. Because I believe Cena was hurt at that time, so. Mm-hmm. Why, like, I, people were talking about who should be the guy to fill in Cena's spot. Mm-hmm. And there was talk about, uh, there was some small talk of Ryback, but, mm-hmm. like, I, I remember, I think it was Barrett, Ziggler, and somebody else that they were talking about. Mm-hmm.
1: So, I mean... Barrett would have been a great world champion, too, but Ryback should have gotten some sort of, like, a run yeah. uh, with it, because... I'm
0: glad he got the Intercontinental Championship run. Too but, little, too late. But it was too little, too late, right? Um, um, it, it should have been right at his feet. Pe- the, the one thing that also really killed Ryback was him losing to Mark Henry at WrestleMania. Oh,
1: that which, that really upset me. I which, was like, okay,
0: he's new, he's going to win. Which is, which is, you know? that was a stupid decision. Absolutely in, in no. my, and and, yep. and I'm more than certain that Mark Henry would have been way okay to put over Ryback.
1: I think so, especially because yeah. now he's got like a backstage role helping out the young guys. Yeah, right? so... so.
0: Anyways, that's that went off on a little bit of a tangent there. Yeah, no,
1: I was going to Anyway, right back, so to me, modern day Hard Foundation. Yes. I'm going to say that right now. Bold, predi- bold wow. thing to say, but yes, modern day Hard Foundation. I wouldn't say that. But I would. Absolutely. Because you know why Ta- you got the tactician, you got your power guy. That's true. Just saying.
0: Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Let's, let's, uh, let's talk about this match. It's the Rockers versus. Powers of pain. Yes, this was the mismatch of the century, but it worked beautifully. Oh. Marty Gennetti and Shawn Michaels both are like this was this was Sean before his prime, and even then it was fantastic. They were good together. Here's, here's a funny thing, uh, and this is a great Twitter to follow as well. I believe it goes by At80s Observers. Okay. It's, ni- it's the Wrestling Observers from the 1980s. Okay. And in 1986, there was an edition of the Observer release when Shawn Michaels left, I believe it was Bill Watts' territory. Um, if not Watts, AWA. Um, yeah, that was Vern Gagne. Yeah, they were the same. So AWA. Yeah, and uh, it was interesting note there because uh, <laughs> it was an interesting note because Dave says, as a aside, Sean has a lot of potential to succeed in this business. Yes. In 1986, is that
1: funny? Isn't that amazing how things turn out? Because I could have sworn that was it, Richard or somebody that said that. Um... They thought Marty was going to be the star. Probably. I could have sworn. I don't want Somebody. to say that. I don't want if, if Bruce, if you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get sued here. Yeah. I'm not sure, but I could have sworn <laughs> I heard from some, you know, shoot that or some podcast interview that yeah, they thought Marty was going to be the guy. No, I'll tell you this though. And speaking of underrated workers again, I really like Marty Janetti. That guy doesn't get enough credit. Not at all. I understand there's been some issues later on and yeah. whatever. And no, he wasn't the charismatic guy like sean michaels was yeah Shawn michaels is one of the greatest and i was a bret hart guy yeah always will be but i will give credit to where credit is due yes maybe there was some backstage stuff with michaels attitude whatever as a performer unbelievable oh, yeah. standard bearer yes love yeah. Shawn michaels for that and i'm glad that he's the one that 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 turned heel not genetti because yeah. i don't think it would have worked as well yeah.
0: No, absolutely, I agree. Yeah. Um, so this match was uh, this was interesting. Again, we mentioned Warlord was massive back in '88. Yeah. He's still massive here, mm-hmm. if not bigger actually. And Barbarian was pretty big too. Uh, they were heels at this point. Yes. The funny thing was is like obviously like the paint and big men tag team was pretty much popularized by the Road Warriors. Of course. It was actually kind of funny how much they looked like the Road Warriors there. I wonder. I, th- I thought that was kind of the.
1: Between them or Demolition, they were kind of trying to rip them off until later on they got them. (laughs) But they call them LOD, Legion of Doom. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, although I'm trying to think because the Road Warriors really helped revolutionize the business for better or for worse because they were known for the no-sell. Yeah. Specifically Hawk. Yeah. (laughs) Bowers of Pain weren't really like that as much, eh? They weren't. Which team? Bowers of Pain. Or oh, I, I thought you said authors of pain. No, sorry, powers of pain. Yeah. They weren't really the no sell. Yeah. No, they still sold a little bit as much yeah. as they could, but yeah, they were dominant. That's a team that should have got the belts, tag team titles, especially for the powers of pain. Yeah. Even when they were baby faces with that really great theme song that I love, and I, I they should have kept it even as heels. It wasn't necessarily a baby face anthem in mind. Yeah. You. Why not? Yeah, and even when they were heels with Fuji, mm-hmm. they were two big, huge dudes. Why wouldn't you build them up as like the biggest thing ever? Yeah, just a thought. But yeah. anyway, yeah, they were uh, they were good. I, I this match was
0: uh, it was good for what it was worth because the, the Rockers were had their style great selling, and- great selling from the Rockers. Yeah. It was mainly just like big big tag team beating up on the small guys it kind of reminds me of uh you know when the rock and roll express would face off against bigger tag teams mm-hmm. They would always take the beatings
1: well yeah um, and, and this is the thing it's like the david versus goliath dynamic right and and the rockers were and it was great storytelling because you had to buy into my god how are the rockers going to take down the freaking powers of pain they got yeah. bob and we use their speed and agility they got to double team as much as they can yeah and they have Fuji on the outside. I was about to say, and then they also got to worry about Fuji. It's almost like a handicap match because yeah. Fuji's got the cane. Yeah. Which we'll get to in a minute, but yeah. <laughs>
0: um, so I, I enjoyed this match, uh, and, and and during this match, I believe this was a DQ finish. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Because because uh, yeah, Fuji was using the cane to beat up uh, one of the. Rockers. Well, because he
1: he tripped Sean. Yeah. And then the ref saw that call for the bell. Yeah. And then, I think they were beating him up or something. But then they used the
0: cane on yeah. Marty. And then Hogan came out. Hulk Hogan came out yeah, to that's make right. the save, yeah. which which surprised me. He um, steel chair in hand. Steel chair in hand and everything. Um, and the fun, interesting part about it was, uh, you know how today when there's somebody's coming in, they play their music? Mm-hmm. No music for the Hulkster.
1: Yeah, a lot of times they did that for run-ins back then. They never really played entrance music. Now I could go either way on that. Sometimes it, it
0: works if you're like Steve Austin and you hear the glass smash. Yeah. It's like that's going to get a big pop or every The time. Rock. Or The Rock. Yeah, th- those sort of scenarios. I could totally understand. Or even like Triple H. I know you don't like Triple H. But like <laughs> <laughs> even like Triple H where you hear the... Thank burr. you for
1: destroying any chance I may have at getting into that company. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, like I said before, great worker. Not one of my favorites as far as... Uh, overall package i i i prefer if he put more younger guys over i prefer nowadays if he stayed with nxt i think he's got a good thing
0: going with that yeah we could go on and on about i think he's that. great in terms of like understanding the business and like i hope so and and now i think we I all really so. do uh-huh. well because he's taking over now right we're going kind to take over that's right? the thing he's vince is still there for as long as he lives <laughs> yeah and, uh
1: with vince still keeping in shape it might be till he's 100 who knows you never know but uh yeah But uh, what was I going to say? Hogan came out. Yeah, Hogan came out. and uh, Oh, yeah, the the entrance themes. Um, Sometimes it could work. I don't mind it, personally. I know some people are like, ah, but... "Ah." But no, it's cool to see Hogan come out. Kind of random. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Uh, Oh! We've covered Powers of Pain Demolition, number one, right? We forgot to mention something really important here. Something kind of random. Tito Santana...
0: Yeah. accompanying the powers of pain. Why? That was uh, that was in the Demolition match, right? It was very weird. Yeah. Very, very weird. I don't weird. remember that. I don't remember why. He they... knew anything. <laughs> he
1: didn't <laughs> yeah. do anything. He was just there. Because that was the one where, yeah, that's right, because that was the one where the bell kind of rang after Demolition yeah. left. And like,
0: okay, you're going to be equalized. This uh, be is equalizer this is powers of pain versus Demolition earlier
1: on. Yeah, 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 we're just backtracking a bit. I just thought that for a second. Because, okay, yeah, Fuji used to wrestle, but by then he was retired, but you're going to have Tito Santana as the equalizer. It's kind of weird, but anyway yeah.
0: Anything else on uh, Rockers and Powers of Pain? No, I think we pretty much covered that. Next match. Next match. This is the second last match. We've been going through this DVD, and there's still two more DVDs to go. Mm -hmm. Um, This is the WWE Tag Team Championship match. The Colossal Connection, Andre the Giant and Haku Mm -hmm. versus Demolition. Uh, And, uh, again, this wasn't really much... DQ finish. Yeah, uh,
1: wasn't it? Yeah. Was this the one where Demolition got themselves disqualified? Yep. Yeah. Um, big props to all of them. Big props to Haku for carrying the load. Um, yeah.
0: Did Bobby Heenan take any bumps? I don't remember. I don't think he did. No. No. It was. It was. I mean, Demolition worked more than the uh, than the last Demolition match we saw. <laughs> Boy, did they ever! Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah at least twice as much yeah. um but uh yeah again it was it's it's weird kind of going back to demolition matches because it's like you remember how over their characters were um but these matches aren't a good reflection of the in-ring work of uh bill edie and barry darso
1: well i mean in retrospect i mean i know people say oh they're the greatest they were the one of the greatest whatever i liked them for what they were yeah today's day and age i don't know if they get over as well unfortunately i love the gimmickry and everything but let's be real they were simply brawlers they were ground and pound and whatever and that's why i appreciate them and i like the gimmickry uh today's day and age maybe some people might not that might not be their cup of tea but eh, i like them yeah but yeah there you go next match
0: final match yes on the disc the WWE Intercontinental Championship match. This was the same show as the Andre the Giant Haku versus Demolition uh, oh, match. This was the Ultimate Warrior versus the Macho King, mm-hmm. Randy Savage. Um, and just like the other uh, match that they had on this DVD, it was, good. Uh, it was a good match. Very good. I mean, um, you can we never had, get enough of these. We, ha- we had one singular camera shot. They showed yeah. the time on the bottom. So it looked like it was like 928 uh, at that time or yeah. something like that, and uh, Fort Myers, Florida. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, it, it was a solid match. Again, we saw a little bit more chemistry between uh, Warrior and Savage. Yeah. Uh, and, again, it, going back to like crowd reactions, when Savage was the bad guy, the heel, and the crowd would just boo him, and then Warrior would go up and pose and the loud cheers, yeah. it was like... It's just something you don't get in today's wrestling, right? Do you do you you think that Savage was better as a heel or a babyface? Heel. You think so? Yeah. I don't know. I'm actually. No hesitation, to be honest. I
1: don't know. I (laughs) mean, I love Savage regardless. I loved him as a babyface. I'm not saying he was bad babyface. He used like cheating tactics, but he was one of those guys where like. He's, like, my crazy eccentric friend, but he's on yeah. my side kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I loved him as a baby face. And he wasn't, like, as jacked then. Mm-hmm. He kind of shrunk. He had that staph infection. Probably wasn't hitting the gym as hard. So he – but I don't know. I can't speak for him. Yeah. But um, I like I liked his outfits because he went he moved from, like, the robes to more of the, like – more like flashy kind yeah. of outfits and stuff. And I like this hat. <laughs> <laughs> I like his hat. I like his hat, so, no, I should say. I like his hat. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, this is a great match. And, uh, again, it helps set up uh, their eventual matchup at WrestleMania 7? 7?
1: They had their match at WrestleMania 7. Yeah. Retirement match that we mentioned earlier. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was interesting to cap off because it was like, okay, Savage quote-unquote retired. But then he kind of rekindled things with Miss Elizabeth, so it yeah. was like, "Wow, you, did you just turn him babyface?" Yeah, did you like, but it was like an interesting way to cap it off. He kind of yeah. rode off into the sunset because if that was it for Savage, yeah, the crowd would have left happy like that. So yeah. that was a really good WrestleMania seven. In retrospect, I love WrestleMania. It was, was Undertaker under debuted WrestleMania. WrestleMania.
0: Well, no, his he was WrestleMania Series. Debut, wasn't he, it? He made his WrestleMania debut at seven. Yeah. But he's, he debuted at the Survivor Series. Nineteen ninety. Nineteen ninety. He was the mystery partner for the Million Dollar Man. Yeah. Team. Holy <laughs> cow. <laughs> I still remember that. <laughs> Look at that <laughs>
1: That by the way is one of my favorite pay per
0: views ever. Survivor Series
1: nineteen ninety. Yes, if you ever want to um review a pay per view, an old one, you let me know. I will lo- I would love to go through Survivor Series nineteen ninety. Sounds that in 1993, King of the Ring, the first ever televised or uh, televised pay-per-view King of the Ring. Nice. Random trivia fact. Very nice. That was good.
0: Anyway, sorry. I think oh, that's. I, I think tangent. that's. I think that's it for the DVD. I think we've gone through what we needed to. Yeah. Um. um because, because I mean, the Ultimate Warrior versus Macho King Randy Savage. It was some good brilliance. Uh, probably, I, definitely one of the best they, matches on the they, DVD. They both
1: had great chemistry. Um. What would you, out of five then, or unless you're doing it at a time, would you say out of five rating or Let's like one to do of like five. Letter grade? Let's
0: do a five star rating. So, okay, so out of five, what for would you say one. for disc one? For disc one, uh, I enjoyed it. Um, there was some duds. Yeah. There were some TV matches, and then there were some good matches. Um, there were some
1: it was good that it was unreleased.
0: Yeah. Um, with uh, two and a half stars being like the pass fail point. Um, I would say it was a solid three star disc. Whoa! Oh, okay. Wow, you're harsher than me. Four. Really? Four. Four stars. four stars. Three. It was a solid three star disc. I would say three and a half or four. You know, I'll go up to a qu- three and a quarter. Three and okay. a quarter. I can three and quarters. That. Three and a quarters. Uh, solid disc. But there's that. still more discs to go. Um, I oh, enjoyed a lot. Until of you this. see the Toxic Turtles. Oh <laughs> yes. Oh, we'll, stay we'll, tuned for that. We'll one. tease that for later. Yeah. Oh yeah. yes. The Toxic Turtles. That's going to be a video feature, I think. Uh, going up on Wrestling with Ideas. We we have. We I can't wait. when We get to the Toxic Turtles. Oh my god. It's gonna be great. That was on disc uh, two. Two. This two is gonna. This yeah. two is sounds to me like it's gonna be the best disc. Because uh, on that disc, we've got Hulk Hogan versus Earthquake to start the DVD off. You have War Eagle to Yeah,
1: when he was called War Eagle versus uh, one of the more underrated uh, jobbers, Dale Wolfe.
0: Nice. Uh, You have Ric Flair versus Rowdy Roddy Piper Mm -hmm. on this. Mm -hmm. You got Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair Mm -hmm. for the WWE title. Mm -hmm. You got Undertaker versus Bam Bam Bigelow. You got Hitman Hart versus British Bulldog. There's just a lot on this DVD that I'm super excited about. A blindfold match that wasn't at WrestleMania, actually. That wasn't
1: just at WrestleMania, I should say. Yes, exactly. the Snake and Rick Mono By the way, and I know we should probably just wrap up disc one, and I don't want to give away too much of the next disc. Yeah. You want to talk about psychology, mm-hmm. how Jake the Snake Roberts, even Rick the Model Martel was fabulous. Yeah. Jake the Snake Roberts being the master of ring psychology. And I know it's not a surprise to too many yeah. people who remember Jake or who have seen his old matches or whatever, but this match, especially the blindfold match, it was so good. And the way that he interacted with the crowd, trying to help him out, it was fabulous. Uh, what else have we missed here? Oh, this... What I call the insulting of intelligence, Mr. Madness. There was that whole ordeal with when Savage was uh, suspended, <laughs> and he came out as Mr. Madness. But like oh. everyone kind of knew who it was, yeah. right? It was. That was a funny little build-up, though. We'll, <laughs> we'll leave it there. I mean, yeah, I just there's just, um, stay tuned because this is going to be a fun DVD review. Yeah, uh, Papa Shango and Kamala taking on the Hitman and the Warrior. That oh, that's got to be a match. We got a fabulous. Look at. I love that. Uh, let's let's save some now. Yeah, no uh, disc disc two. I can't wait to cover that. But disc one will settle at uh, three and a half stars. Yeah.
0: As five. the overall rating between both of us.
1: Yeah, that's that's a fair yeah. compromise. Uh,
0: yeah, that was uh, that was a fun one to cover, but it's only going to get better from here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, uh, again, thank you, Marco. There's still two more discs to go. This has been disc one of our mm-hmm. review of unreleased, never-before-seen matches from 1986 to 1995. we got two more discs to go. And if you enjoyed this, please let us know. Leave us a comment. Uh, send us an email, wrestlingwithideasradio at gmail.com. Let us know if you enjoyed the episode enjoyed the review or you're going to go buy the DVD now uh, <laughs> from Disc 1 um, I, I'd say definitely go check it out if you're a fan of old school wrestling and oh, there's, no I, doubt. I'd see, I'd get a chance to see these matches never before seen um, more DV, more uh reviews of the dvd to come i'm super excited about toxic turtles i
1: can't wait one quick note that i just want to wrap up on real don't let the no commentary thing deter you yes please you're a don't fan. you're a fan
0: yeah it's great <laughs> yeah. it's 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 a great dvd mm-hmm. um a great disc first disc um so until then uh keep on tuning into wrestling with ideas hopefully we'll be back soon on the actual radio waves uh, as soon as the strike is over um, it sounds like they're going back to talking, yeah. which is good. Um, doesn't mean that the deal is going to be struck tomorrow or however, when the deal could be struck, but. We'll see. Uh, hopefully, we'll get ourselves back on the airwaves uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, working on some more stuff for Impact Wrestling, so stay tuned for that. Um, We've got some cool stuff coming up there. And uh, a lot more things that are going to be coming up. So we're going to continue on after this. Uh, so keep on tuning in Wrestling With Ideas. Again, next week is going to be disc two, so stay tuned for that. But until then, guys, have a good one. You have just listened to the greatest wrestling show on the planet. If you want to listen to older episodes of the show, including full interviews, make sure you check out Wrestling With Ideas on Podbean and on the Podbean app or listen to us on our new SoundCloud page. We can also be found on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Player FM, and many more. Make sure you keep on tuning in every Thursday at 6 p.m. to wrestle with ideas.